0: You are listening to WolfNet Radio, the show that makes you want to step into the circle of equals for all the right reasons. I'll be your host this evening, Matthew Bloodbath Barons. The big bearded miniature wolf whisperer, Andrew the Middle Crow, is coming back to the show. Welcome back. Good evening, everyone. The regimental involuntary obligated officer, Aaron the Coach Crow. Welcome back to the show.
1: You know how many times I had to
0: read that in order to try to figure out what that was? <laughs> you know how many times I had to spell that to make sure it worked. <laughs> <laughs> Your favorite combat engineer combat engineer Tommy Silent C. Raven Kruger. Welcome back to the show.
2: Hey, how's it going? No, I'm not wet. We well,
0: get I wet. I'm get wet. Thank you. All right. Our master of Cy Ops luke charles gideon dirks welcome back to the show
3: thanks glad to be here
0: and last but not least ladies and gentlemen we have a distinguished guest with us this evening who has written a mountain of novels over the decades such as highlander gambit impetus of war exodus road roar of honor measure of a hero call of duty Operation audacity target of opportunity surrender your dreams fire at will, betrayal of ideals, and forever faithful. A modest man who we must embellish a bit from the D.C. area, Mr. Blaine Lee Pardot, welcome to the show. Thanks
4: for having me on.
1: Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for being willing to be the first guy that we're doing this with. <laughs>
4: yeah. Oh, God, I didn't know that. Wait a minute. I'll, uh, let's do it uh, some other time. Bail! Bail! <laughs> Bail! Bail, Bail! 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 Bail <laughs> And cut. You That's guys it. can't see it, but behind me is my ejection seat, okay? Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. Did you build that or buy that? I bought it. It's a B-52 uh, electronic warfare seat. Oh, nice and evil okay, <laughs> yeah. That is so cool. Where did you get that? God you love the internet. It. God live the internet. The
0: internet, man.
1: <laughs> you can get anything off the internet. Yeah.
0: All right, Blaine. Here's a great question.
4: How, did you, get, how did you get
0: started in the Battletech?
4: Uh, by writing Star Trek. Um, I actually fell in love with FASA's original Star Trek game and I, while I was in college, and I sent them a proposal for a scenario set, which became the Strider Incident. And they said, okay, we're going to buy that, but have you heard about our game Battle Droids? And I said, no. And they said, okay, we're sending you a copy of it because you're going to be doing some writing on that first. And then about a week later after I got it, they said, okay, we're no longer calling it Battle Droids. <laughs> <laughs> it's Battle Tech, Isn't that cooler? And I was like, I don't care. I, I like the concept. Uh, you know, the original fluff material I got, which was like four pages of material on the Star League and and what had happened, I was like, this is a great story, very Arthurian. Um, Loved loved the theme of where we were going. And I got hooked in on the first uh, tech readout, 3025. So I was one of the original authors that put out one of the original books. (laughs) Been doing it ever since. Wow. Jeez. How old are you, man? Like uh, 56, but uh, I look a lot older because of Battletech.
2: <laughs> Say the same thing about
4: Andrew. Hey, whoa, come
1: on now. i shave my beard off. I'll lose 10 years.
0: <laughs> 20.
4: And five pounds.
0: <laughs>
1: and the fat jokes didn't take <laughs> <came> long.
4: <laughs> There's Dorking. no way that your beard is fat. Okay. Dorking. It only took five minutes, baby. Oh, uh, that's all right, man. <laughs>
0: Now, talking about some of the lore you got into and starting with like the Star League material, did you find a faction you first fell in love with that you learned about?
4: Well, you know, I, I've always been partial to the Lyrans. Um, I, I'm not a big fan of the Federated Sons. Not a big fan of House loud but I, I always like the Lyran stuff. Uh, and I like the Mercenaries more, Ooh. I would say. The Merc units are kind of what are the bread and butter of Battletech, at least in my mind. I can't speak for everybody else, and I'm not trying to push my views on people, but I like the Mercenary units because that's where the real personalities come in. So you know, you've got the Flair of the Northwind Highlanders, you've got the Dragoons just have an incredible history. Um, it, you know, and, and when you're dealing with those storied units like that, it just really makes the game pop and sizzle, you know. If you didn't have the mercenaries, I don't know if anybody would be as thrilled about the factions themselves.
1: You know, that's interesting that you say that because we had—I don't wouldn't say a spirited conversation, but we talked a lot about the storyline and the movers and shakers um, last episode, and you know we we as a collective were like, you know, almost every story arc, that major story arc that happens is centered around a mercenary unit, be it the Grey Death, Calhouns, Dragoons, Northwind Highlanders, you know, a lot of the units that you just named off and it evolved into the whole, you know, what faction and, and how do you, how do you identify yourself into the Battletech universe? Um, It's interesting to hear you, you as the author, come in and kind of say the exact same things we did at the the last podcast. Um, What is it that because they don't hold any true faction that they can be kind of inserted here or inserted there? Is that why or what, what do you why is it that you think the mercenaries in Battletech are so? important
4: to the storyline i think the mercenaries are good because that's something that fans can identify with guys when they go out and create characters and create a unit are you almost always creating a mercenary unit they're not creating a house unit It's you know and people it's it's their insertion point into battle tech and some of these units you get to the north wind highlanders i mean they freaking go back all the way to the the, the black fricking watch. I mean, yeah. these are, these are hardcore units and the dragoons. We spent a lot of time. When we were in Seattle going over the, the, the unpublished history of the dragoons and where all this is going with them. And it's, you know, the, it, the story there is more compelling, I think, than some of the house stories. I think when you get into some of the houses, they're neat. Don't get me wrong, and I and I enjoy them. I, I'm developing much more love for House Lao lately. But you know, yeah. you get to the Free Worlds League, it, it gets kind of gee. I, you know, it's really hard to bond with them. It's like bonding with the Austro-Hungarian Empire, you know. Hey, <laughs> it's like you I'm leave a... my
1: Austro-Hungarian Empire
5: alone. <laughs> okay,
0: like, okay, there's <laughs> the <Vinda Hunda. laughs>
4: But you know, you don't you don't see a lot of people going. Wow, I hope there's a Austro-Hungarian war reenactment coming up this weekend. <laughs> you know, they don't line up for that. Um, you know. It, I think that the mercenary units just are ways people feel that they can join battle tech. And we've seen some real lowdown units like Wilson Hussars, but we've also seen some of the premier units that a lot of people claim are you know plot armored, et cetera. But you know I think that's what people like is a Merc unit. and they like them because they're scrappy and they' and many of them start out as underdogs. And that's something that a role player and a board gamer identifies with, at least in my opinion.
1: And so in your opinion, then, because this is something else that as a, as a die hard Dragoon player, you know, I hear all the time of, well, you have, you have the artist's pen behind you that, you know, you, you guys can do no wrong. You know, everything always goes your way. I I I fully disagree with that, but I I see it from my my colored of glass. But you know, what would you say to that? As far as all of the mercenary units, even the Grey Death and finding the Helm Memory Core, and you know, I think one of the things with Northland Highlanders is what you just stated. You know, their 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 history. You know, all the way back to the Black Watch. Um, what would you? What do you say to those those folks who say, well, the only reason they're good is because of the artist's pen?
4: I, I don't subscribe to that. Um, you know, I I've just finished a Dragoon's novella, uh, the second pass on it. And yeah, you know, they're flawed like everyone else. And we're going to see that. But they are also capable of greater things. Um, because of who they are, etc., and I think that's going to have a, a huge impact on them. Uh, you know, I heard a number of people throw out the phrase Mary Sue. They're Mary Sue units. You know, the the writers don't ever hurt them or whatever. And I'm like, have you read anything about misery? Because <laughs> you know, the dragoons have undergone internal civil wars. They've undergone several attempts by houses to seize control of them, etc. Yeah, the fact that they prevailed, well, they prevailed because of the characters that were there, and they make good stories. It would make a hell of a boring story if we wrote a book about the destruction of Wolves' Dragoons. Uh, That would be a boring, dull story. It's not what people want to read. Battle techs about big goddamn heroes, and you know nothing's more heroic than somebody who's out there scrapping for a dollar, fighting in a battle mech. Um, I think people, you know, when they say that they're plot armored, I, I would argue against that a great deal. And I, I, I know from some of the work I've done with them recently that's not the case, and I know where things are going with them, and it's definitely not the case. So. You know, there's, they are like every other unit. and I think people are going to get to to get a better feel for that. In many respects, I think that's going to shed some of these, this Mary Sue stuff I keep hearing, or, you know, where people say, oh, they're so protected. Nothing bad ever happens to them. Has anybody read what's happened to the cowhounds? They're not even a company (laughs) at this point, okay? In the dark ages, they have had their asses handed to them. Well, Calamity Kell's is a great character, by the way, fantastic character. Yes, but yeah, you know, she pilots a, a freaking hovercraft, and that's in one,
1: that's one tank. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, was, she, I was, actually just going to say
4: that. So you know, it, it, you know, the people that go, oh, these units, they're, 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 they're pristine. Hey, you know, read the literature, man. They, they get their asses handed to them. And What makes them cool is that they bounce back. You know, Patton always said you don't measure somebody by how high they they climb, you measure them how high they bounce back after a defeat. And I, I think that's what makes the dragoons, the kelhounds, and the highlanders really stand out.
0: The resiliency.
4: You know, one yeah. thing, if I can then, because I, I spent a little
1: time um, this this last couple of days trying to put together a little synopsis, a little history of the dragoons, which I think will actually kind of help based on what you've said about potential story arcs that, that might be coming up. So, you know, we're, we're at the year 3151, if I'm not mistaken at the end of shattered
4: fortress. Yeah. And J- January 2nd,
1: <laughs> January... I know the
4: date well. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we're going to, we'll rewind all
1: the way back to the jihad and the jihad was uh you know, uh, Commander Wolf was was killed on Outreach August eighteenth of thirty sixty seven. They they say that that's there's argument about that that was really the start of the jihad. So the dragoons are on Outreach. The Word of Blake shows up to to let them know, hey, we, we don't really like you sticking your nose in our business, and end up um, cleansing Outreach with nuclear fire. By the grace of Calhounds and the Wolf Clan in exile, and in no small part the Lyran Commonwealth, the Dragoons refit, rebuild, and redefine themselves for the next 60-plus years, holding the Clan border against the Falcons. Around 3130, the Spurs, young Dragoons, anxious to prove Wolf Dragoons are back, push to show the Inner Sphere that they are once again a preeminent mercenary unit. Thomas Brudebaker, new uh, general of Dragoons, works out a contract with the Draconis Combine, which doesn't sit well with all Dragoons. During their time and working side-by-side side with the Ryukin, that unease begins to settle once the shared experiences and understanding of both commands come out. Within nine months of signing their contract, the Dragoons have conquered the Draconis Reach, including the capture of Robinson. Dragoons held a lot of ground, which freed up Combine units to deal with the Nova Cat Rebellion, and once concluded... Toronaga got back to what he had been building up to the invasion of the fed sons, three elements of the dragoons. One of them I know is, is gamma regiment are used as shock troops to gain a beachhead on new Avalon. But once that, once that beachhead was established, they were regulated to rear guard and mop up duties. Uh, during the week 10 of that engagement, reinforcements arrive in, in the form of the second Robertson Rangers and Torriganaga relented and releases the Dragoons to offensive action. And within hours of reassignment, the Dragoons tore through the ranger's pickets and turned the stalemate to the Combine favor. So to that, the state of the Dragoons in 3150, they are currently under contract with the Draconis Combine. They are led by uh, General Thomas Brudebaker. There are three regiments, Able, Beta, and Gamma, Abel has one combat battalion, a training battalion, and the third battalion is used as a replacement pool. Beta, Gamma, which is the first regiment that was brought back online, they are considered the line dogs of the Dragoons now. And the Spider's Web and Zeta have been replaced by what they call the striker battalions, Spider's Web, Tarantulas, and Wolfbane. These are unique units to the Dragoons. They're made up of five Omnimex, a star of elementals, and a trinary of fast vehicles, be it Donner helicopters, regulator, um, hover tanks, or musketeers. So that kind of lays out at a very, very high level what the Dragoons are and and where they're at in 3150. And if I'm not mistaken, I don't know if you can let this out or not, but I believe, Blaine, you had potentially another fun little thing coming down the pipe that I don't know if you can talk about or not.
4: Well, all I can say is uh, the contract with the combine is going to uh, come to an end and we're going to see the Dragoons fighting for, uh, for power. We haven't seen them fighting for in many, 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 many years. And, uh, I, I think it's going to shock the shit out of the fans. <laughs> Just <laughs> um, there's no other way to put it. It's uh, mm-hmm. you know it. The the dragoons are a very different unit, and we've had some discussions about their composition as well. And, and I think some of your numbers may be off based on some of the things we kind of talked about, um, but. Yeah, it, you know, there, there's things that, that are going to happen with the, the dragoons that kind of harken back to the old days. What I really wanted to get back to, and it's so funny, I, I'll even show you, I, for those of you on the camera part, I dug well, I out sure Oh yeah, I dug out the old Black Widow book. Yeah, huh? yeah. and um, oh, yeah. so when I worked on it, I went back to, what made the dragoons when i got into battle tech the 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 most coolest thing and it part of it was the mystique of their origin and that's been solved by by history so far Uh, i think there's some parts of that that mike stackpole and lauren are going to crawl through as part of the kickstarter that's really cool um and they've been bouncing around some really neat ideas on that. And we talked about those when we were in Seattle. I'm going back to the Black Widow Company and going, so what was it I liked about that? And how do we make, how do we get down to smaller unit action? Which I think when you're dealing with a large regiment, it's really hard to convey a good story. It's, there's too many people and, and the aspects of it are too large. So where are we at? Can we can we make this a more palatable story and deal so we'll be introducing i'm i'm introducing a new unit and uh, of the dragoons that is really kind of a cool unit and uh, we're going to just see some things i the way i kind of I i have a little quote on the front of my copy of my dragoons novella that not for print, but it's, it's the enchanting prelude of the storm to come, you know? <laughs> so when you read it, you're going to, I think if you know the history of the Dragoons and, and go further back than where you did, go back to their actual origin story yep. and what the Dragoon compromise was and how all of that fit in, I think you're going to go, Holy crap, this, this is something very big. And, yeah, you know, it, it's been a fun it's been a fun ride. I think it's gonna change things with dragoons. And then later next summer you'll kind of see that arc continued forward and it it it's a stunner. It's an absolute stun. Well, I can He's tell you like, why why Andrew's numbers are wrong because
1: there's like that, you know, everyone, everyone knows there's that mysterious Wolf Dragoons unit that's just off doing shady stuff. So, you know. Oh, God, no. <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, one of the things we talked about is you got to have Zeta. Yeah. And that's not there right now. And we're like, you got to have a Zeta. At that we, we were just talking about amongst ourselves. And the concept of the striker battalions having five Omnis didn't. That doesn't add up when you look at the number of, un- of vehicles and units there. So you know, we were with Jason uh, Schmetzer, and we were kind of going through it. And he's like, wait a minute, that number doesn't sound right. It actually should be 25. So there, there's some things that we're going to tweak a little bit to, to get things streamlined. But there's a lot going on there. I think it's going to be an interesting time. If you're, if you're a Dragoons fan, Man, just trust me. the The opening few chapters of the novella, I think, are going to shock the shit out of you. I can't wait. <laughs> well,
1: I want to. I want to go back for just a little bit with the dragoons, with the Calhouns, with the black, you know, the Black Watch stuff like that. And and you mentioned something earlier. Isn't it almost kind of better? And, and I've been a dragoon dragoons fan all my life, life but and, and I'll admit there was me. a little bit of. Oh, you guys are, you know, you know the Dragoons were held at high standards. They they had everything going for them. They had this, they had that. Nothing really hurt them. I mean, <laughs> there was a setback here and there. But isn't it almost better for a, a, a character story arc to just hit rock bottom and then oh, have yeah. them scoop back up? I mean, that's what I felt. The Jihad, you know, <laughs> everyone who gave me crap about the Dragoons, they're like, oh, dude, so Sorry about Jihad.
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a of like, no one
1: wanted. Like there was no plot armor there, was there?
4: <laughs> no, it, not only that, but it was an enemy that no one respected. Right. It, it, let's face it, if this had been the Combine taking down the Dragoons, we would have said that's epic. The freaking word of Blake, I mean. Right.
1: it it made it made jagoon haters actually feel sorry for jagoons which which i thought literature wise it was awesome it was it was perfect there was a little bit of sympathy not much but a little bit and uh i I just i love those stars especially with the calhouns right now they are like you said maybe a company and nobody knows where they're going I mean, a lot of people have speculated. There's a, there's a nice little clue that they gave us, uh, but everyone's waiting for them to come back. You know, it's always the comeback story that makes makes it all. You know, Act Three, baby.
4: Well, we we had a and I don't want to spoil anything, so I won't. But yeah, we had a very long discussion about Wolf Dragoons and, and at the writer summit, and there were a couple key points that I that Jason and I both really kind of drove home and one is the dragoons are always uh the tip of tip of the sword they're they're the spear point mm-hmm. so when you start putting them in garrison duties that isn't there and part of that is the nature of the dragoons is they have to establish themselves constantly to be the best and you can only do that by getting frontline combat assignments getting you know, hands they, dirty. They're tip of the spear, man. They go in and they do the the stuff that no one else can do or would even try to do, and so that becomes a huge factor in the in the persona of the unit. Um, matter of fact, we actually. We were talking about the number of the contract clauses and stuff that were in the dragoon's <laughs> contract, and they actually have one of the things we established at, at one point was there is actually like a tip of the spear clause in their contract hmm. that they'll be that way, and and the reason is that allows them to recruit the best, that allows them to negotiate the best deals, it allows them to to be a dominant voice. The other part I think it's important though is the political aspect of the dragoons. And if you go back and, and I've had to reread all of Mike's uh, mm-hmm. stuff that he's done through the Karinsky trilogy, etc., you look at this. You know, think about what Jamie Wolf did during <laughs> the Clan invasion. First of all, he got an order to go home, and he said, "Fuck you, I'm not going," <laughs> um, which is just unprecedented, and, and there's probably some pretty good motivation for why he said what he did and and etc. But Jamie Wolf did something that no one else could have done. He summoned all of the leaders and their children to, to outreach to essentially go, okay, this is the threat that you guys are facing, and we're going to train you to deal with it. You yeah, think I about mean, the scope of that politically, no one else, if Hans Davian said, everybody come to New Avalon, we're going to prepare for the clan threat, everybody would have said, screw you, we're not going. Jamie Wolf says, I need everybody here. And they say, OK, we're coming.
5: <laughs>
4: and, you know, and, and I, you read Mike's book on this, you know, it, it's fantastic. You know, there's only a few people that could go save Luthien. <laughs> You, you know, and, and I know in the book it's always portrayed, well, Hans Davian sent the Dragoons and sent the Kelhounds, you know, the Federated Commonwealth sent them there. But let's face it. If Jamie said, I'm not going, no. yeah. <laughs> there's nothing anybody could do about, it. you know, it, it, it's kind of the, you know, it, there's only only Nixon could go to China. Well. Only Jamie Wolf could go to Luthien, <laughs> and
1: yeah, you know, oh, that's a really good
4: comparison. <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> wow. and, 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 never well, literally, of that. <laughs> literally, this was some of the discussion we had as authors around this uh, recently, and it was a, it was a lively discussion because it's a very important aspect of the Dragoons' character. They are not just a mercenary unit they are leaders in the inner sphere they are active participants in the politics they are a house uh, without the territory and that is something that has to be reckoned with and there's a lot of forces out there that have to deal with them and they have all of the emotional baggage and all the historical baggage of any other house house out there there's a lot of history and stuff tied up in in the background of that unit and uh you know i evoked jimmy wolf's name many times over the course of the weekend. <laughs> we're actually going to get some nice little t-shirts put put together cuz we we had a kind of a running joke on it so gingo's ready for Gen Con.
1: <laughs> sweet make sure i get one please
4: oh yeah yeah they'll you you'll get a kick out of them
0: all right, good. So moving I mean, along to possibly like a lighter question, maybe sure. more personal. What do you like to do to relax when you're not working and not writing as much as you have been? What do you my like to for is, hobbies? If, uh,
4: if I told you what I was working on right now, you'd crack up. I, I retired last week from my day job so I can be a writer full-time. My writing is what chills me out. Uh, what I'm working on right now is I have, uh, I've, you guys are familiar with nose art from bomb beef, you know, B-17 bombers. I decided to actually uh, do that from a battle mech. So I have made a five foot by three foot section of Rhonda Snord's battle mech, and I used the art from Snord's regulars of her standing there with the RPG launcher over her head. Yep. And that's actually the nose art. And so I have in my basement, because we're moving to a new house next year we're having built, and I'm having a large game room, and one of the prominent pieces is going to be a piece around Rhonda Snort's battle mech, complete with her call sign and, you know, the artwork on it and everything else. And it looks awesome. Nice. I'm going to do a so, blog post on how to so do it.
1: So, is it going to be painted pink
4: then too? No, uh, I actually used the right colors because I wrote about Snard's regulars in Call of Duty. So I had to go back and reread the book to find the right colors and the right call signs and all that stuff. So,
0: You know, that's, that's, that's amazing you said that. that I've thought about that, too, in the past of they, they would have wall art. Some veterans would have their nose art re, either redone or the original. From the aircraft if it was decommissioned right and and they put it on a mount and then yep. they mount it right to their wall and that is an awesome idea
4: it is and and it, we, even with my limited uh, arts and craft skills it came out pretty good i'm going to do one with natasha Kerensky as well and use the uh, original artwork from the tales of the black widow that'll be her artwork on her mac so and you uh,
1: you using that airbrush then
4: um yeah it's too big for my airbrush
1: okay i feel right. like foot, this is life-size
4: man you're, you're breaking out the spray cans at that point
1: i feel like this is a life-size model
4: oh it is it's, act, oh, it, yeah. it's yeah i my wife has told me i am not to complete building the battle mech i can have parts of it <laughs>
0: we're talking about authenticity
4: yeah yeah i'm having some fun with it for a change So those are the kind of things I do in in my spare time, you know, goofing around. I'm still trying to figure out what spare time is since I retired. Amen, brother. (laughs) Now, with all the things going on in the Battletech universe, the history,
0: the lore, what do you like that's going on in the movement of what's changing or staying the
4: same? Well... We we spent a lot of time working on this, and, and I have I had an original draft of this done, and we uh, kind of tore it apart and reassembled it and repackaged it a couple of different ways and restructured it. But you know, we're really looking at two things occurring in the next year, and I think they're both very exciting. One is an end to the dark ages. Yes. And. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome, but I you got to bear in mind, I liked parts of the dark ages. Don't get me wrong, I enjoyed doing stuff in the dark ages when I got involved. I will grant you, I did not like uh battle mechs doing somersaults and handsprings (laughs) and stuff, those were not the normal authors. Are you Um,
0: talking about that was like the Camachos Caballeros? That was like my favorite mercenary unit.
4: Well, (laughs) we're not going to go there. Uh, (laughs) But, you know, there's just a lot of things. uh, You know, the Dark Ages has been just a troublesome area for the Baltic fans. Because so many people hated the clickmex, I liked them. They were a lot of fun to play with my kids. I didn't have a problem with them. It's the same people, by the way, that still have a chip on their shoulder about Alpha Strike, which I don't understand. It's like a gateway <laughs> drug to playing real BattleTech. So, get over it. Real um, BattleTech. Wow. We're, we're still trying to fix that. We're still trying
0: to fix that. Some rules at a time. I must well, be the guy that just really likes weed.
4: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I I think what you you got to bring it into the dark ages, but you have to lay the stage for what is comes right after that because it, it's a different era and, and it will have a different tone to it. There's different players, um, and, and so we spent a lot of time when we were in Seattle. I think. <laughs> crafting that and i think it's an important piece of where we're going to be going with the universe um there's some absolutely stunning events that will take place with major characters and with houses and things along those lines um it really we've mapped out the product for the next three years in terms of fiction now blaine
1: when you say the end of dark ages dark ages is technically I, i would say defined as the inability to use hpg uh telecommunications. Um is or is that not I mean are they coming back? Have the has the technology been fixed? I'm not allowed
4: to say at this point okay. in time, but I, I would say that we've we, the first night we had a discussion about for four hours <laughs> till midnight <laughs> arguing about Fortress Republic Tech and HPG Tech. Okay. <laughs> And it's funny because at one point I said, You guys, you see, we're arguing over stuff that doesn't exist.
1: Oh, come on. It's a battle yeah. convention. You got to yeah, argue now, about
4: something. <laughs> well, but, you know, and, but, but we actually came up with some very interesting stuff that, that'll fit into the fiction real well. I think is actually better than what we, what was originally on the deck. Um, you know, And those things have to be dealt with. Yeah. So they have to be dealt with. That's kind of where I'm going to leave it is we, ha- we will be dealing with that stuff. But you got to bear in mind there's a lot of changes already. Comstar went to bankruptcy Yeah, and has been purchased by you know, haven't they? the Seafoxes. Yeah. Uh, what? There's no more Seabill?
0: Bought... Is there going to be no more
4: Seabills? <laughs> uh, I'm not going to say that because we... Yeah, I, you guess, know, we'll I guess my, my watered
1: down version of the question would be, are we going to be able to tell when the era of Dark Ages ended and this oh, new oh, yes. era started. Oh, oh, yes. Like there will be a catalyst oh, that. Oh, yes. Okay. All right. Absolutely. I guess that was my real question.
4: Yeah, Some... there is absolutely gonna be zero doubt in readers' minds and fans' minds that the dark ages has come to an end. Absolutely none. There there will be no doubt whatsoever that that there's a new sheriff in town, and there's gonna be a whole lot of changes. And, yeah, see, he gets it. <laughs> it's, a, it's, you know, it's a different... It's going to be a very different place. Um, So yeah. I, I it's exciting. I'm excited about it. Because with me, with the Dark
1: Ages, it was like, you know, it literally kind of resembled the Dark Ages of Battletech. It, you had the novels, and the novels were good. It's just... That's being kind. It, it wasn't <laughs> until... It wasn't until like Catalyst decided to start putting out more material that the dark ages kind of gained a character. I think that's yeah. what there I think the dark ages were just lacking an overall character for people to to associate with, not individually, but just as a an era. And at the end there, I think it really came together and people were like, "Oh, okay, I kind of like the dark ages." This was like The Wild West, you know, it was
3: Everyone's out on their own.
1: It seemed to me that the jihad did such calamity to everything. And that the dark age was the walling wallowing around trying to figure out which way was up again. And you know, like you said, Aaron, towards the end, all of a sudden purchase was made and, and the puzzle pieces started coming together. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, th- I think the ending was you know it's like Godfather Part 2. You know, you couldn't have Godfather Part 2 without Godfather 1. And I think that's what it was, you know. Even though Godfather 1 was an amazing film, but don't get me wrong, but
4: Well, um... we're we're facing this, you know, and and the reason we got together, I think in Seattle is we had a direction and we had gone in and we were ready to rock and we kind of stepped back and and reevaluated it just to make sure we were all on board and kind of map things out further just because you yeah, had two major science fiction fantasy things come to an end in this last year game of thrones and you know the marvel cinematic universe okay one of those was spectacular and one was a freaking train wreck. Uh, <laughs> agreed. And,
1: Again, that's putting it nicely. Super yeah, and, agreed.
4: <laughs> and, and, yeah. You know, so, you know, if you think about BattleTech, you know, I think that actually had a subliminal effect on why we all got together to go. Okay, let's go over this one more time. What do we really want to accomplish here? and What do we need to do? And where are we going to go in the next three years with this? And we came up with, you know, a lot of the ideas we've been batting around for the last two years anyway. So they were solid and and they continue forward. There's a few new wrinkles and twists. I think some fans are going to be upset. (laughs) Um, There's always some fans upset. It's Battletech. That's old (laughs) Battletech. Yeah. I mean, it it, makes everybody happy. You can't, and and you shouldn't try to. Um, No. Yeah, but the funny moment I had, we had a list of all the novels up there. And when Randall wasn't looking, I wrote in, uh, you know, two years out, I wrote in, you know, Clan Wolverine novel. <laughs> and everybody in the room saw me do it, and we're, except Randall, who has back to me. And I said, OK, Randall, before we go forward, I want to say, are we done with the novels, everything on the board is approved. You agree, that's there, that's what we're going to do. And he goes, Yes, I said, Great, I got a clan Wolverine novel. <laughs> yeah. Randall immediately grabbed a sharpie and scribbled it out. And he goes, Now you don't. <laughs> so, I mean, you know,
1: that okay. wasn't the fireball talking, was
4: it? He wasn't <laughs> Randall, I don't think. I've never seen Randall drink. I don't think he drinks. Oh no, I mean the rest of the room. <laughs> oh, I, I definitely wasn't my part. Um,
0: I, I probably used the fireball to wipe it off the
4: board. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was a lot going on there in that room. <laughs>
0: plans within plans within plans. Oh
4: well, there were side meetings and breakfast meetings and.
0: Oh, they yeah. got they gotta get that out of there. I'm gonna I mean, sneak. I'm gonna
1: sneak one little question that I don't think we had on the thing. Sure. How are you feeling about the, the heads of state, as we call them, of Battletech right now? It looked to me as if that room was gelling. I mean, I mean, you had your differences, but I feel like we all, we, as fans and as me paying money, I feel like the right pieces are in the right places.
4: Oh, I, I'm very happy about it. Um, we had a good time. I will say they were long days. I mean, you started at eight in the morning and we would wrap up around 11 or 12 at night. Um, and we were really like a perfect to... day. You know, it, you know, it does, but. Like I said, you're sitting here arguing about technology that doesn't exist. So it's like after a while. Like,
1: <laughs> Did someone know. break out a technical readout? Please tell me There were
4: <laughs> Not only that, at one point, Brent broke out miniatures. Oh, no. And I'm watching him. He's sitting across the table from me. He's setting up these miniatures. And the first thing going through my mind is, he's not going to make us dice off for this, is he? I mean <laughs> – I felt like I, we were forming a circle of equals, but it was, as, you know, as long he, as Brent doesn't yes. roll the dice, <laughs> but but it was to make a point about some stuff. Uh, right, people? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think Brent's done an, uh, an outstanding job of kind of ushering this through to where we are. Um, Ray is solid, you know, and Ray is by his own definition, he's a grognard. He was he's he's <laughs> oh, old yeah. school battle tech. Yep. You know, you want to get on Ray's good side, you bring up the Marauder. Uh, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh. I mean, that's right, man. He, Give he, it he to is, me,
1: Ray. Give he it he to wants me. his
4: 30-25 tech readout. Um, you know, so, I mean, he's really good. Uh, Randall's a lot of fun uh, to do stuff with. Learn, I, you know, Lauren and I, we had a good time. Um, nothing was more funny than while we were there they had the false press release about the release of the Succession Wars box set
5: I remember (laughs)
4: remember that That was was not funny I said hey congratulations how are you producing that for $34.99 and he was like what the hell are you talking about and Ray and I pulled it up on our phones and said there take a look and he was like holy
1: shit I was super excited (laughs) damn it oh
4: and the thing was, yeah, at any other time with the Kickstarter not out there, it would have been you know, it would have been perceived been like, hey, as a joke. There's <laughs> a lot of interest in this, maybe we should explore it. But it
0: was like, <laughs> no, I, like, concentrate on
4: why,
1: one thing,
4: guys. <laughs> why, yeah.
0: why can't we just go ahead and make it now?
4: Well no, the thing is you can no. make it, but if you've seen any board game reproduced in <laughs> any Fashion that could reproduce and sell for thirty four yeah. ninety nine. Here, here, look at the Marauder. Don't
0: pay attention to the box set. Here, focus on the Marauder. The only way, yeah. the only
1: way, I'd buy it if it was like pre-faded to nineteen eighty six or something
0: like
3: that, like it right looked
1: on? like it was a thirty-five-year-old game. Aaron, I might what? have a gift for you then. Hold
0: on a minute. Oh no!
1: Oh, I know you probably have four copies of it. So I got two
0: <laughs> copies. I got two copies here. So. You're not going to get covered in like a mountain of Battletech stuff, are you?
1: I think I just found a, get, a present for you for your birthday. You are hey.
4: such a fanboy. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's true. No, but I, I'm really excited. I think it is the right crew to answer your question. I think it's the right people. Mike Stackpole and I were joking how many times we'd been to these summits. And so <laughs> so was Lauren and uh, and Randall, you know, and, and we're talking about, well, you weren't at this one, but we were, and then I was at this one, and you weren't. Yeah, okay. they're fun to kind of go over, you know. Their they're battle scars is what we walk away with. So, clarification it's
1: learn, not Lauren, Lyron, Lyron. Oh,
4: that. Oh, you're, you're, <laughs> <gay>. you're gone. <laughs> You know, we had this whole discussion. It's, <laughs> it's Leering Commonwealth or Lyran Commonwealth. It's not the, you know, it, it, there there what? were so many weird variations. And don't even get on deck yet. We never agree. <laughs> <laughs> Brent had something that had the word cicada in the middle of it. And then when we got to Stephanie Sistu, I, I don't even know. He was talking about cheesy bears or something, Randall was, and I was like, What? Cheesy who? And he goes, you know, cheesy who. And I was like, there's no cheese in this. (laughs) (laughs) And the Davian versus Davian people were, you know, we're all on the same page. We're like, it's House Davian, right? Right. Okay, let's agree. Yeah. It, like I said, we went off into weird tangents and then I saw it online. People were saying or arguing over it. So I, I had to pay and I was like, you might as well just pour gasoline on an open flame. Yep, just Just forget are, are, about it. I was like, at that point I became an internet troll and was just like, look.
1: I, I, have, I have to applaud you. Your trolling has been uh, very, That's very good disgusting. as of late. It Thank has been you. very good. I can't dare to uh, fathom what it will be like when full retirement takes
4: <laughs> Oh, this is a yeah, full retirement mode. going to work out good. What I'm thinking about doing is a little podcast as I'm write, rewriting and, and writing some of the new material to kind of explain to people, like, okay, this is where my thought is on how I'm going to approach this. So that when the product releases, I can release podcasts Supplemental material, so people can critique my writing <laughs>
5: approach. No, yeah, oh, that's all, oh, man.
1: People are going to do that anyway, man. You, yeah,
4: I really let that be, a, be anyway. a podcast. I might as well get. I, I might as well launch an offense
0: first. Oh my goodness! Oh, no. Please please no. Let that you be guys, what when we is. talk about bases. Yeah, we feel your pain. We had that. Oh God, don't training. bring
1: oh,
4: That could be the title of your podcast. I feel your pain. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna go with all systems not nominal. <laughs> oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, Blaine, I know that you do. Uh, you have a running D and D group. Do you have a, a BattleTech group that you play with, or or what places not... you go roll, or not?
4: Not, yeah, it's funny, I was going through the, um, I was going through MechWarrior Destiny, kind of going, you know, it would be kind of fun to run a, a startup unit role playing. You know, get a bunch of guys who are actually trying to form a mercenary unit from the ground up. You know, that could be fun to do. I wouldn't mind doing that. I Now that I have time to do it, I've got to find the right players. It sounds, I like not, the,
0: go ahead, Matt. it sounds like this sounds like the question we get the most is how and where and what do I start with? I'm like, here's, here's the regular routine that we use. And speaking of routines and how we think of your advancement in this process of writing, what is your routine with prepping, Getting started with writing, I mean, just in the actions and how you get settled into working at a computer and then working through uh, possibly decisions you have to make or um, references. And then how do you finish that off and kind of celebrate when you finish
4: a book. <laughs> I you know it's funny I don't celebrate but I'm going to start. Um <laughs> <laughs> the next year oh. uh, you uh, the ungodly, live stream
1: dragoon novella celebration with Blaine Lee. <laughs> I'm
4: going to tell you after you guys read it you, you may want to lynch me or you may want to hoist me on your shoulders it depends on how drunk you are. Um I told can, Andrew uh,
1: I told Andrew I have to be there to videotape
4: him crying so uh, he, I I That'll happen in the second chapter. By the second chapter,
5: he's
4: going to (laughs) come. I love it. He's going to go, What are you you doing? That's wrong. No, he can't do that. (laughs) He's done that. I don't like wasting
0: time. We can call it
4: Pardua Palooza. (laughs) Pardua Palooza. I love that. T shirts, right? I love t shirts. But I like uh, when I work on a book, I, I. It's changed over the years. I used to really focus on the story that I wanted to tell and then move the characters through that. Now what I really do is work on the character arcs, and that's what started in uh, Forever Faithful, which is where do I want to take the characters and how do I take them on this journey? And it, it was a corruptive thing to get in Forever Faithful. I really had to take somebody who was an absolute villain and make him the hero by the end. Take another person that we all thought was dead, <laughs> bring <laughs> it back, and, and then make him a much larger character and much more important and much more honorable than anyone else in his clan and, and do it in such a way that you evoke an emotional reaction. So when I went through working on on the book I look at the character arc where I'm taking certain characters and there's uh, like two or three characters that I have developed a real close attachment to in the Dragoon novella that this is where I want to take them and and this book will take them on part of that journey Uh, there'll be more of that journey next next summer and then there'll be more of that journey later on And, and so where those characters are going to go I think becomes important there's a lot of characters. You guys mentioned General brewbaker We haven't seen a lot of the general in fiction. Uh, he's in Redemption Rift, but yeah, you know, we don't know a lot about him uh, as a person, etc. And so, you know, you want to explore some of these other characters. And and is what I'm always fond of doing right now is I include a lot of characters that are generated by fans you know they're related to some of the fans themselves and i i enjoy doing that the fans enjoy it um it's a riot uh, but i carry them a little bit too far you know and and what i try to do is come up with the scenes that are going to move the story along and develop the character along so i look for the dialogue that's going to strike a chord with the character and you know that that's true to the character and and I spent a lot more time now revising kind of that dialogue so that the dialogue is a lot more fun. Um, and, you know, if you think about it, there's classic moments in battle tech that, that make great scenes. Nothing beats the wedding of mm. Melissa Steiner, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, when, when Max Lau is gathering up all the plates, you know, because they're the worlds of the compelling confederation on the dinner plates. It, yeah that that's like a classic scene and with each of the book that i'm doing i I try to make sure we have one or two scenes that stun the audience or excite the audience or there's lines of dialogue that there was one that i wrote and i actually put in i put author's comments next to it and i said i know i wrote this i just peed a little (laughs) (laughs) it had that effect with me Putting it in the book, and you know, <laughs> so it, you know the editor. I hope will take those out. Oh.
5: <laughs> <Yeah>.
4: <laughs> nah, but, hey. just sell the unabridged version. It'll be fine. There's just some things that you you know you get to do that when you take these units out for a test drive, um, you go, well, what the hell? If I'm going to drive them, I might as well see how fast they can go and what they can do. <laughs> um and so i've i've had the opportunity to do that i look for good scenes with the characters and the right dialogue and then i kind of craft things to make that happen and i want you you know when you're especially when you're working on a novella, you don't have a lot of room you got 10 chapters or so to kind of crank through this you really want it, the reader to go oh i really get a big thrill out of it so like when i did the anvil and i killed you know jesse steiner uh you know i i wanted to oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's been out for over a year dude got me some slack the... <laughs> but but you know when you kill a major character it's like well what could i started going okay we've killed major characters before so i could do something quirky about how he dies and i'm like no we'll just give him a heroic yeah. death but what we'll do is spend more time not on his death scene but on the post-death scene where you know we've got roderick steiner and the ashes and marking their foreheads with the the dead commander's ashes and tying the the sleeves up and you know that that is the rebound scene man that that's Mm -hmm. better than the death the death was kind of he got killed. <laughs>
0: I mean, if you think about it and the reality is, is you're not really gonna see the, the death of a character. You're gonna see a flash and a mech go down and that's it. If if you yeah. catch that half a second. Yeah. And the aftermath of rallying the troops, of pushing it back through, building that momentum to continue the fight is that's pretty captivating, yes.
4: I, well, to boy. me, that was that was what made the story for me was I came to that scene and I was like the the line that stuck with me and, and I put it in the novella was it takes William Shakespeare to truly appreciate the clans. <laughs> and, and I was like, if you look at that one statement, then the rest of that all falls to build that. And, yeah. and it's to me, it's a very telling part of who the clans are. Yeah, I think the clans are are woefully misunderstood. I think a lot of the characters are very misunderstood. I mean, Malvina Hazen catches a lot of crap. um, But I think you better, you've got to take a look at the character and how she's produced and
3: what her actual
4: upbringing is. And we're going to be exploring a lot more of that, I think, so that people, it's not that you'll identify with her. I mean, she's a freaking nut job. But... (laughs) Why did she end job? How does she end up being a product uh, of that upbringing? And what does that actually mean?
1: Yeah. Macbeth was no saint either, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, me personally, uh, whatever you did different on Forever Faithful, uh, don't stop doing that. <laughs> yeah, because uh, it took a lot for anyone to beat natural selection in my favorite battle tech novel but you did it bro
4: it was oh thanks dude
1: forever faithful was just like that set a bar that's very gonna it's gonna be very hard to beat that one that was i I, was amazing
4: (laughs) all i can say is uh give me through gen con next year and then uh because there's going to be a lot of buildup to what's coming, and then when you see what we a- we actually do, I think uh, I think you're going to be surprised. Um, well, let's put it this way: everybody's going to get what they want, and nobody's going to get what they want. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it, it's like it, it it is an emotional roller coaster in some respect, and it should be.
1: It should be. Yeah. Um,
4: so that's, you, that's
0: the you, best thing, is you're all going to eat a shit sandwich and you're all going to like yeah. it.
4: Well,
1: you're going to <laughs> get your cake and you'll eat it, but you might not like it. So, um, You've mentioned Gen Con a couple of times. And I know as us in the fan world want everything now. Are we looking at Gen Con 2020 as being maybe the, the Cinderella ball, the, the breaking out party of of BattleTech, I mean, we should have we should have some of the the new miniatures. The Kickstarter should be in full swing. Is that when you're going to double tap us with uh, with all this new novels and and new stuff?
4: Actually, I depending on what edits I get back on this second version of the Dragoons novella, it was targeted to be out when we got together in Seattle. The thinking was it'll pop this year. Oh. Ooh. Whoa, so you oh, know, man. but don't what hold me to out? that because, frankly, I don't Sorry, know. Kids. <laughs> I, you know, I'm not involved in what happens after you know I write it, so you know, getting cover art and stuff like that and huh. getting it through. But, um, you know, I've already done Lauren came back at me with a number of things he wanted implemented to it. Uh, I implemented all those things. I actually think it's a better book as a result, so I can't bitch too much about it as much <laughs> as I'd like to. I even told Lauren that, too. You know, it takes a lot to walk up some mango. You know, you made me a better writer, you asshole. <laughs> 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 and Lauren gets it, by the way, I can say that. He knows it's not a person that he, it was like. And he just
0: oh, wow. fires back with, you're welcome.
5: <laughs> you're
1: welcome. Oh, yeah. It well, just... if I can throw a date out there, if it's going to be out on, like,
4: say, December 5th,
1: <laughs> that would be a perfect date.
4: Well, I don't get to choose that. I'm waiting for, I'll be honest with you, I'm waiting for Lauren to go through it one more time and go, yes, you did everything I asked you to do and more, and we're good. If I get that back, then we're good we're good to go well i can
1: tell you from me and probably from everyone else we don't want it released until it's you know
4: not per. i mean perfect is basically what i mean i i will tell you too the other thing uh, we we had discussion on just this last week is should we do this as some sort of a campaign set it introduces new battle mechs it introduces uh, new terrain features to fight on and it has two fairly defined units that are engaged that would be, you know, very. I, I was asked to provide the TO&E on them, so. Sure. Scenario pack. Well, it's, I think it's more than a scenario pack, because it's, like I said, there's new mechs, there's all sorts of. Well, and,
1: and Cattle's try to do this. They try to do those worldwide events. Yeah. And I think they had some success. It's just, now with the explosion of the Kickstarter, I think a lot more people are gonna pay attention. See, but oh, yeah. I I think I think they had uh, I really would like to have seen the, the the spotlight on series that they had. Um I wish that would have taken off a little more. Um that was taking very obs- not not a very obscure, but units here or there, giving a full TNO, and o, uh, T O and E and Give him a little fluff. I I enjoyed those a lot. Um, I don't know if they'll bring those back or not. I I don't think that they've had anything come out recently, but I do recall those and enjoyed those a lot.
4: What I did do, because the artwork is done for, for the new mechs, I actually put one of the new mechs fully statted out in the back. And a full tech readout, on it and all the stuff necessary to play it plus the artwork so i'm awesome. hoping it'll actually appear in the novella so that people can go oh, sweet is,
1: is, <laughs> you know we it... actually just talked about that on the last podcast as well
0: <laughs> that's because we make history
1: uh-huh. Uh-huh.
4: well you know that's a lot of when you're in baltic you're making history and breaking history so <laughs>
1: Well, we are eleven downloads shy on our tenth episode of one thousand downloads. So wow! So you get know, out there and download, people. Eleven more downloads.
0: <laughs> all, all great artists have to break the rules in order to follow the rules too. So, just give me a
1: nod if there's a Marauder three C.
4: I had nothing to do with the Marauder.
1: Because I, I have, I'm buying a new truck and I need a new license plate and if there's a Marauder 3C, I really don't want to waste the $50. You need to talk to, if it's Marauder,
5: <laughs> you go talk to Rayman. I, I'll I'm talk to I'm not that guy.
4: <laughs> I designed the mech and Brent said, this is a very cute start. Let me... <laughs> oh, uh, oh, cute. Oh, oh, cute. oh, Yes, <laughs> Those are the best words ever
0: when driving a battle mech. <laughs> Where they they just like <laughs> poking the barrel all around, don't they?
4: Pretty much, you know, but yeah, I have a history of poorly designed battle mechs, so uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, I didn't I didn't mind as I said, look, there's some basic concepts here I want to keep, and here's what they are, and he optimized it, and I think it's a it's fun mech to ride.
3: When if we can rewind for just a second, uh Blaine, because you mentioned the wedding on Terra, and I, the first thing that came to my mind because you Threw me off a little bit because then you talked about, of course, the plate scene, which is epic. But the yeah. first thing that came to my mind is when Jamie Wolf throws down the swords at Takashi's feet and, mm-hmm. and and chews them out. Oh and, yeah, and that made me think of that's what made the Wolf dragoons Goons in my mind, a tier above. They weren't just another, you know, mercenary unit. They were there, and they were gonna, you know. Kick ass and take names. They didn't care who they had to chew out to do it. You know, because any other mercenary to go to the coordinator and chew them out for a personal slight is uh, would be unheard of.
1: Uh, you also got to take into consideration, though, the relationship that happened with Takashi and Jamie Wolf as well. There was a, a there was a mutual understanding between the two of them that. I don't, Takashi, I don't think ever really realized how much alike they were until after Luthien. Yeah, after Luthien. I mean, it's, they, they had, there was something, there there was, there was a relationship between those two that allowed Jamie to do what he did because Takashi respected him. That's because when Jamie walked, you could hear the kink, kink, kink of his massive balls hitting together.
4: <laughs> but you know, that's what I was saying. You know, when you look at the dragoons, they aren't—they are not your normal mercenary unit. They're very much—they're like a, their own house. They are—they are, they are a, an entity on their own, and they don't—they don't have to put up with a lot of shit. From anybody, um, you know, and, and I like that part of them, you know. It, it, Jamie Wolf, in it, it, it just literally is the embodiment of that. I mean, Jamie Wolf's the only person that could have thrown down those swords ever, mm-hmm.
5: yeah.
1: You know,
4: we we wouldn't have seen that from the North Wind Highlanders, we've wouldn't have seen that from Lexington Combat Group,
1: or from but the would North they? Army but at but the same team. time, at the same time, I would ask the Lexington combat group or the Northland Highlanders. I don't think it would have ever crossed. It it was just, it's not in their nature. It's not in their makeup to do that. Right. That was a very calculated move on Jamie's move on Jamie's part to not only snub, but kind of put Takashi in his place in front of everyone to let everyone know that. You come at us, bro. We're gonna come back at you. This is okay. just, this is just what it is.
0: That's no. because that's because they had that type of circle of equals history of the. Well, it doesn't it, matter who we are. We're gonna go toe to toe, and that's and whatever's left in the ashes is gonna be who's left. Well, Matt's that's
4: gonna, that's why well, they're tip of the spear. They yeah. have to be. <clears with throat> but Matt's also kind of.
1: I had a, I had a thing I was gonna put in there, and Matt kind of preluded to it. When did Jamie Wolf kind of realize that he was going to be more of a protector of the Inner Sphere instead of "I'm still Wolf Clan"? You screw with me, I'm just going to send a message, and then you're all screwed. Oh, uh, that, that that starts, that that is that starts a, way before that starts way like before the game.
4: That's a big story that Mike and Lauren are. are but you're thinking about out. when was
1: the wedding? The wedding was like what thirty twenty four, thirty twenty eight. So they've only been in, in the inner sphere for 23 years 24 the, years, 23 years at that time. Right. So only How much Jamie Wolf was still like, "Hey, you know, if I need to pull the trigger, I can have the entire Wolf clan come by and you guys don't have a clue what's going to go on." No, nope. by 3019 they'd already <clears throat> had last contact. And they decided that they will become the protectors of uh, they're going to help the sphere instead of do what they were sent there to do.
0: Uh, I mean, they've been studying Con,
1: that. That gave Con Conward gave them those orders in 3019 on their last on their last run. I understand that, but when did he when did he decide that he was going to go against the clans instead of be with the clans? That's what I'm saying. I mean, the guy. Don't get me wrong. The guy had some massive balls, and he, and he was you know his clan heritage. I don't step down from anyone, but I'm just wondering if in the back of his head. And I know this is probably wasn't even thought of when he had when he did it, but he still has that <laughs> the the quintessential ace up the sleeve where he could have made last he could have made another contact he could he knew Exodus Road he could have he could have went and sent it he didn't have the Exodus Road but he had his warships if, if which had the data be, in them he, no they were burned the in thirty nineteen the Exodus Road was burned from all memory cores. Of dragoon ships, yeah, like
0: like Cortez burned his ships. All
4: right, then I'll just stick with the massive balls. Uh, well, look, yeah, yeah, I think there is a point, and I think it'll be covered in the novel that uh Lauren and Mike are working on. I'm sure it'll be covered because we get to see what was the actual orders that they were
1: doing. Oh, my goodness, I can't wait for that bonus.
4: I mean, yeah, that and they had so many sidebar conversations I couldn't keep up with them because I was having my own sidebar conversation. So
0: that was gonna be my next question. It was when you mentioned that they were dealing with that storyline before we had this discussion.
4: <laughs> yeah, it's you know that it's in the Kickstarter. I mean, if you look at the Kickstarter, one of the products is a novel.
1: A Dragoon's uh, uh, origin story.
4: You know, full-blown Dragoon's novel that'll cover the early history of the Dragoons.
0: It's going to be awesome. And, well,
4: I mean, We have a bl- lot of discussion about, you know, was Natasha Krinsky the only one that went back, for example? Ooh. Um, You know, and, and there's, I mean, and, and those are legitimate questions that, if you think about it, there's an assumption that she is because we knew her, but she was the only blood-named one that we knew. Right. That back doesn't mean that she was the only one there it doesn't mean that there weren't others that joined with the dragoons when they went back um and that's stuff that mike and lauren have to work through and um like i said i wasn't they were having some great sidebar conversations but i i couldn't catch all the details i got the sneaky suspicion they have a pretty good idea where they're going with this so well
1: as as a huge dragoon fan and and you know, every, anyone else can claim the Black Widows, but we all know where they lie. It's right here. So don't, <laughs> don't. <laughs> Jesus. But that story, and I, you know what? I'm killing myself right now. I can't remember who wrote it, but that when the Black Widows got their name, and we found out that it was Joshua and Natasha, and the whole thing like that.
4: Uh, that was the comic. I Spirit almost Wolf, uh, by Gideon.
1: Yep. Yep. Yeah. I I almost didn't want to finish that i was like nope nope i don't want to know the end i don't want to know that i can't take any more (laughs) and if i if i can read more of that i don't know if i'm going to bring myself to do it but uh i will but that was just that was a heart-wrenching story that was that was tough man that was really enjoyed it i was that was tough for me I, I I almost couldn't take it. I was like, nope, nope. She just liked the color black and the spider. That was it. I don't want to know anymore. And then I kept reading, I'm like, God damn it! <laughs> 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 Why do you got to add an emotion into my Black Widows? <laughs> that was yeah. a, that was a fantastic story.
4: Well, I, I got to tell you, you guys need me. to dust off your copy of of. The black Widow stuff because I'm going to hearken back to some stuff that comes right out of there
0: cool, cool. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun.
4: are we
1: gonna I, are we gonna get source books like that going forward
4: I you know I I, I wasn't involved with, I think there's gonna be a lot less when I say less source books you know you go back to the jihad era it was all source books and no fiction yep okay yep. That, that's a huge problem we are back yes. on the, the bandwagon now is the fiction's going to drive the universe like it did back in the old days. Uh, there's going to be certain spine novels. Um, I'm doing the first of these spine novels kind of bringing it into the dark ages stuff and lay the foundation for the next stuff. Michael do some there, there'll be other authors that come in and then the other stories kind of feed into those uh, to create a broader arc of where we're going. Um, suffice it to say, we know where we're going. Um, it's not a blind grope. That's awesome. But, um, I love that. That's not an answer answer. Reach
0: around,
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, not that. Um, Blaine, I got a question.
1: Sure, Oh, uh, don't play favorites now
0: <laughs> with Aaron. Oh, god, Ooh.
1: who is Loving your course. other favorite biotech fiction author?
4: I r- am rereading a lot of stackpole lately and i do enjoy mike's stuff i really do I, you know there's a lot of key foundational stuff and there's a lot of stuff that was buried in there um, that's that's very pertinent to even to what's coming up um, it was kind of fun because at one point we were talking about the Oak clan and the concept and i had pulled all the references to it including stuff out of mike's book and it was funny because i'm reading through the mike's like i wrote that and i'm like yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know and i said here's one i wrote for the wolf clan source like, book i don't remember writing this but here's what i wrote yeah. you know so we were kind of you know it's kind of a trip down memory lane but i i would see i probably lean the stack paul i like randall's stuff too um you know Randall hits on some of the clans that don't get a lot of play. Um and and I like that. I you know. I, <laughs> yeah,
1: Ghost Bears. <laughs> ghost Bears are
4: gonna, hey, I the Ghost Bears are going to be in the box set. Um I did that. Uh if Thank you were you. On the, if you guys <laughs> did the Kickstarter, you probably saw the first part of that cuz yep. that was the fiction that was released at Gen Con or right after Gen Con. I'll be carrying that story forward and then it, there'll actually be a third part to it that's gonna appear in the new magazine. Which is already that piece was already done. So and I'm gonna
1: do a follow-up. Who is your your I mean, who is kind of the shiny new author to Battletech? I know we've had a couple of them. Um who's who's kind of taking the bull by the horns and really maybe stretching some stuff out there, trying new things?
4: Um yeah, you know, there's there's a couple of guys that I would like to see more from, honestly. Um, I think it's Craig Reed. Did some stuff with Battlecore I thought was real solid. Um, I'd like to see more from him, personally. That's just me. Um, I really like Jason's stuff. Jason, you know, he, he's captured uh, some real solid elements to, to the units and stuff. It... it you know it's not easy jumping in and writing about wolves dragoons but redemption rift is fantastic
1: he did it, <laughs> he, did <laughs> he, did it. he did it well he, he did
4: it well <laughs> yeah i mean you know and it, i i think you know Jason made some comment like you know you guys have written more novels than i've written short stories here you know, when we were <laughs> but, you know he was in a circle of equals with the rest of us there so
1: He he did a fantastic job. Uh, It was it was especially for us Wolf Dragoons fans. We heard a new author taking on the Wolf Dragoons. I'm like, oh no, what's going to happen here? And he knocked it out of the park, man. He knocked it out of the park. He did well. Not only that, but I mean, he I believe he also wrote Last Days of Zeta, and uh, he also had um, Feral, yeah, and he also did. Oh hell, there's another one. Well, those are the two that are count. Sounds like a good one too, but yeah, Nate, yeah, he he did a fantastic job.
4: I I would say Jason's. You know, I don't think he gets enough play. I, probably, you know, because you got to bear in mind he's in a room with a lot of big personnel.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, he is.
4: But uh, and Jason, Jason is like me. He's a snarky guy. <laughs> uh, we. That's we hit it off really well. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, yeah, you know, Jason's a cool guy. I mean, he's a lot of fun. Um, I, I I think he's got he's got definitely kind of a crisp approach on stuff that it, just in dialogue we'd have. Jason would be the guy that would throw out something that nobody else had thought of. You know, it's like, well, what if we did this? And sometimes those things take. Grassroots and run. So I was very oh. impressed with him. And I've been impressed with his writing. I, I had read Redemption Rift in segments on Battlecore, and then, you know, I got the book and read it. And I totally enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, it was a good one. Um, Matt, anybody need a commercial break? Man, I mean, I got to make another drink, but. Uh, that's true. How about we go ahead and take a commercial
3: break? On this episode of WolfNet History Briefs, a double ambush and a young warrior facing impossible odds begins a chain reaction which will forever change the power dynamics of the universe. Hello, WolfNet, and welcome to this installment of WolfNet History Briefs, where we look at what happened this month in the Battletech timeline. I'm your historian, Gideon. Let's get to it. Now, you may be asking yourself, what exactly is a double ambush? Well, WolfNet, that is what I affectionately call a scenario where two opposing units successfully surprise the ever-loving daylights out of each other and assume the other side had somehow planned it. And this is exactly what we find on the 31st of October, 3050, at the nadir jump point of the Ratstadt system. Mere moments after the Clan Wolf flagship Direwolf jumped into system to prepare for a Grand Council, so did a Free Rasselhag Republic Fleet, or FRR for short, were hoping to find refuge in the system. After a few seconds of everyone blinking at each other in confusion, the still emptiness of space began to fill with dropships, aerospace fighters, and everything they could shoot or launch at each other. Among the aerospace fighters were two Shalons piloted by Tyra Miraborg and her wingman, Anika Jansen. A quick note about Tyra, she was the daughter of Tor Miraborg a famous freedom fighter from the FRR's struggle for independence, but his ongoing shtick of self-sacrifice for the FRR and the self-righteousness that came with it caused a falling out between the two. Tyra was also the one-time lover of Phelan Kell of the famed Kelhounds mercenary unit, but he was at this time assumed by everyone to have died fighting the clans in one of the earliest battles of the invasion. So, back to the Battle of Radstad. Tyra and Anika went straight for the largest threat, the Direwolf. They successfully performed a strafing run down the length of the ship, but on their return flight, things went badly for them as Clan Max began exiting the warship to mount a defense. Anika's Shalone took a PPC hit which shorted parts of her drive systems, and Tyra received missile fire from a passing Clan dropship. Some of those missiles impacted her cockpit, leaving her critically wounded. What we know for sure is that Tyra informed Anika she was wounded and was glad her friend could not join her on this next flight and then killed her comms. She then turned off the safeties on her Shalone's engine and began dumping her fuel into the fusion engine as fast as the restrained star inside would gobble it up and fire it out the back of her fighter. We know this because her Shalone sped down the spine of the direwolf at an estimated 200,000 kilometers per hour. The G-forces should have made her black out instantly. But Tyra wouldn't. She flew that Shalom True and directly into the bridge of the Direwolf. What we cannot say for certain is why she did this. There are, of course, several theories. One is that she realized she had no hope of survival and decided to make her death count for as much as she could. Others hypothesize It was a final metaphorical middle finger to her father so he could hollowly sacrifice one more thing for the Republic. The third and most tragically ironic thought is that she wanted to rejoin her lover Phelan in the afterlife. The reason I say it's ironic is because Phelan wasn't dead, but was very much alive on the direwolf, and with every passing moment, she had unknowingly been hurtling herself towards him at breakneck speeds. Dozens of crew and warriors died on the bridge of the Direwolf that day. Among them, Ilkhan Leo Showers of Clan Smoke Jaguar. Phelan survived the attack and would leave the Inner Sphere with the clans when they paused to elect a new Ilkhan. The year-long armistice that followed allowed the Inner Sphere to adjust to the clan threat, and without Tyrus' sacrifice, there may have been no Battle of Tukeyed, or any Inner Sphere as we know it. Perhaps most telling about how significant this event is to every moment that followed is that even the clans revere Tyra in her final flight. Clan warriors spend their entire careers hoping to achieve an act worthy of the briefest mention in their historical epic poems called The Remembrance. Tyra has 17 lines dedicated to her in The Wolf Remembrance, six lines more than Leo Shower's death has in the Smoke Jaguar version. That's right, the people who she gave her life to thwart cannot help but respect the warrior spirit and skill she personified. So, this Halloween, whether you're out having a drink with friends or walking the kids door to door for candy, take a moment to look up at the stars and remember just how big of an influence one person can have. Do you want more discussion about lore? Have an idea for a lore event to include? Let us know at the WNRP Facebook page. This is Gideon signing off. And remember, those who fail to learn from history are doomed.
0: Well, ladies and gentlemen, we welcome you back to the show with Blaine Lee Pardot. I hope you enjoyed our commercial. That was a month in Battletech history brought to you by our own Charles Gideon. Hey! Now, on with the questions. bum, 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 bum. bum. Do you have... I know, I know we've had our, our roster for WNRP, but do you have an all-time favorite mech chassis, Blaine?
4: Um, if I'm playing MechWarrior Online, I pilot an Atlas mostly because um, I'm a Lyran scout at heart. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. I, <laughs> I, you know, In terms of regular mechs that I like, I, I like uh, the old-school Warhammer. And uh, I do like the penetrator, and uh, occasionally I do like the look of the Huron Warrior. I created that one, and I like the Huron Warrior. Oh,
1: that mech is badass, dude! Yeah, uh,
4: it, it is, and I like the. In terms I mean, of not tank, on the
1: gable, not on the tabletop.
4: <laughs> in terms of tanks, the only two that I really like, uh, I like the Burke. I created that one, and I like it because it's just three deadly shot uh, yeah, but- and, and I've now become a huge fan and I incorporated it in the fiction of the carnivore I, the thing is a absolute it, it just destroys destroys battle max. <laughs> <laughs>
0: now when you come up with your mech or vehicle designs what do you focus on just anything that comes to mind like gauze rifle or tracks
4: it depends on I don't it, this is the first time in a long time that I've designed a mech. Um after the Grand Titan, there was a formal was, ban on yeah ever I was gonna mech. say you gotta you gotta tell you
1: gotta tell that story. You came <laughs> up with the grand <laughs> titan? Oh, it was, oh no no, no wait, wait 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 now, let him tell the story. Let him tell the story.
4: Oh, <laughs> that whole tech readout, all the mechs I did in that, I got a call from Faz. I was going on a business trip. And they said, Oh, we need like six or seven battle mech designs. I said, Look, I'm on a business trip, I don't have (laughs) any of my source material with me. I'm I'm doing my day job, and they're like, It's okay, we'll crunch the numbers and stuff when we get back. Write the fluff and do your best approximation for weapons and engines and stuff. So I designed all the mechs for that readout. I think it's the 3055 readout, I don't remember. Yeah, um, but I did them all based on memory, which frankly I think I did an awesome job to get as far as I did. But clearly my math skills were off. But my assumption was they were going to do exactly what they said, and I think it was Brian Neistel. I could be wrong, but everybody assured me they would check all my stats and and tweak where necessary. And then when the thing came out, and I was like, people are screaming, "Who is the idiot that designed the Grand Titan?" And I was like. I made the the worst mistake you can do. I owned up to it.
0: Maybe <laughs> you should have just said "fuck off." Oh,
4: no, no, I owned up to it, and everybody was like, "Oh my god, it's the worst design ever!" And it's, you, you're fifteen tons over. Hey, fuck you, you know. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, I did it from memory. It was supposed to be cleaned up, it, you know. And I kept thinking at some point the guys at Fazza were going to own up to. Yeah, I, you fucked up flounder. You trusted us. Um they did that. They threw me under the bus. You tell and then they were like, yeah, we we got horrible mech designs from Blaine on that. And it was like, Yeah, you guys are really not winning me over on this.
0: You tell anybody that tells you different to go pound sand. Yeah.
1: I'm making I'm making a new fan uh submittal. Uh paint up your best unicorn unique uh grand titan. I want to see that baby like so modded out it's just un- unreal
4: it was such a bad experience <laughs> it was such you know, a good you know what uh, you know gotta all... do
1: you gotta buy the grand titan and then you gotta buy all those little laser turrets that go on the shoulder Yeah, yes. cover the fucker in those things <laughs> we'll just call the titan blp <laughs> <laughs> It was uh, just fun. a
4: bad experience. Hey, I don't. I don't design mechs too often. I did for this last one because uh, <laughs> there were going to check a number your of map. reasons for <laughs> story wise. I needed a. I needed new mechs for this story, um, and it was done deliberately. So I, I designed one of them, Brent, and and then Brent tweaked it, and then Brent went ahead and designed the other mechs. So.
1: So we so, we've been talking about we talked about the summit right in Seattle in yeah. something something that for whatever reason it doesn't seem to come across to the BattleTech fans is just how much of a fan you all are as much as we are
4: oh absolutely freaking Lily Brent brought his battle mechs to the summit. <laughs>
1: He's playing with his toys on the table, I like it.
4: Uh, Ray had on a different house hat every day.
1: I give, I, I, I get those for him.
4: And and, and I countered him <laughs> one day because I showed up with my Clan Wolverine hat on. Yeah. So yeah, Ray's like, that's unofficial. <laughs>
5: <laughs>
4: oh, that's awesome. damn yeah, right, <laughs> it is.
5: <laughs> uh,
4: you know, th- yeah, we're huge fans. Um, you know, we, we've we been a part of this franchise for, my case, I think it's 34 years now. Uh, I've been writing Battletech. I, you know, there's no way you do this and you're not a huge fan of it. I play Battletech every year at, at Gen Con. I'll be playing a lot more of it this year, I'm sure, um, during the year. So, it, you know, I love the game. I enjoy playing it. It's a good time. It's a fun system if you're fighting small battles. I, I don't, you know, the system bogs down if you got more than a couple of mechs out
3: there.
4: Uh, Disagree. Know. Well, I, I forced, <laughs> I had a speed tech role that I used to use, which is the stuff of where somebody sit there and counts out 42 different permeations where they can move and stuff. My whole thing is you get 30 seconds to declare what the hell you're doing that's max and you have to you get <laughs> and that includes your weapons fire and that forces you to make bad decisions like overheating because you go well, i'm gonna fire everything over there well it turns out they're out of range. you're still firing everything because that's what would happen in real life and um you know i found when you do the speed tech rules it actually helps move the game along at a good pace and it makes more realistic battlefield mistakes
5: have you, you played
4: alpha strike yeah yeah, I, I play it okay. with my grandson. I've got I've got him playing it. About that. You know, we've been discussing it. <laughs> well <a, and> no. <laughs> I like Alpha Strike. I think Alpha Strike's a great way to get people into playing Battle Tech. You know, it it, it gets them into the universe. It's quick, it's easy, it's fun. It, it, it's got all the element it's click click tech without the click. Um <laughs> okay. Yeah, there's no clicking, so, you know, the fans are less hostile to it, although a bunch of people scream it's not Battletech.
1: That statement I... is unofficially uh, recognized by the Wolfnet Radio podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> it's a gateway it drug to get people in <laughs> playing Battletech. You know, I've, just... I've
0: got these 37 different sizes of bases. Like, good
4: for you. Oh. <laughs>
1: wow.
4: Oh. I, I really
1: like wow. This is me standing here getting kicked in the balls tonight. I,
0: I, yep. Nope. I'm saying that because I believe that. Because it's just like, <laughs> you shouldn't have to argue about that. I, I totally agree and, and, and welcome people to raise questions and talk about things as long as they're nice about it. <laughs> anyway. So That's it, kind of nice where I can just say, and about that, you bring up, bringing new people into the game like kids and yeah how much fun is that to see people's eyes light up when they get the gist of it they get the idea and they start getting pulled along by the lore the, the pieces the board game the, the maps what have you noticed is the best part about bringing new people into the
4: game It it's always a lot of fun and yeah, you know, I people the hardest part is people kind of go, "Oh my god, there's such a wealth of history here. There's 35 years worth of BattleTech crap out there." You what? I, I don't know where to begin. I don't know where to start. And I'm like, "All you got to do is pick up a box set and go." Boom. I, you don't have to you don't don't worry about the era that you want to play in. And I always tell people start if you want to start simple, start 3025. It doesn't get any more simple. There's none of the fancy tech. You don't have to worry about narcs and beagles and lions and tigers and bears. Oh my! You don't have to screw with all that crap. You can jump in at thirty twenty-five tech. It's simple. You have a lance defending an entire planet. Uh, there's vehicles are not a big thing. You know, it, when you're doing a thirty twenty-five, you're dealing with small unit action, and that's the heart and core battle tech and I think it I think what's interesting is people love designing Battle mechs. You know, now in the real world we would never have 187 different variations of Battle mechs out there that you know that are active. But, you know, because it would drive the logistics absolutely batshit crazy. But in Battletech, people design battle mechs. All- all the time and what i think people forget is the battle mechs are actually characters they have a personality all on their own. you see an atlas coming at you everybody knows it's an atlas it's got that freaking skull head coming at you um you know there's certain ones that just have a certain flair to them that stand out they're distinctive etc and they're as much as part of the lore as any of the characters we've created and i think that the true fans get that. I mean, my grandson—he even did a little card up. Uh, you know, probably doesn't show up well, but Aww. oh yeah, <laughs> that's
0: awesome.
4: You know, he's drawing his own battle mechs and sending them over to me and stuff.
0: Was, and, was that was that a low key
4: or Warhammer? No, it was a Mad Cat. Nice. My grandson's name is Trenton, and he thinks that Trent was named after him. And I kept explaining to him, I came up with the character Trent, like, decades before you were born. <laughs> you were not
1: even a thought. Yeah, <laughs> and, but
4: in his mind, I'm just telling him that. So, you know, I'm letting him live that dream. Uh,
5: He's like, coincidence? I think not.
4: Yeah. So, you know, it's just one of those things that I think it's important. That I think it's where the fans fall down sometimes. We want to get into all these arguments about eras. We want to get into arguments about tech. We want to get into arguments about houses versus clans. Stop arguing about it and go grab a friend of yours and bring them to the damn table and teach them how to play battle tech. And if you teach, you know, some of the guys I go to Gen Con with every year don't play battle tech. They always know I'm playing because we all go together. They actually went over and played Alpha Strike for a while and then sat down and played the grinder. And they're like, hey, this is actually a lot of fun. Yeah, no joke. You know, good. Games cool. been around for three and a half cool. decades.
1: I I liked I liked your statement about the, the mechs are characters. I cannot express my joy the fact that we are getting the quote unquote using air quotes unseen back. And back in a way where yes, yes. they they invoke the nostalgia uh-huh. of those of the early books and and the imagery that that was tech readout 3025 because um, they're mysterious they're, they're just it's i'm so excited they're coming back and that we can actually play them on the table and not play that spindly legged marauder that isn't a marauder i
0: mean it's not no it's just not, not. And you're not going to hear any more like, oh, he's got an old one on the table. Like, so?
4: Oh, I mean, these guys, that want to date their match. Oh, well, you're playing with a fourth (laughs) generation Ral Partha, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, knock it off. It's a freaking battle mech. Leave me alone. (laughs) It it doesn't matter. Well, look at those bases. Those aren't the bases that were used until 1994, uh, whatever. I grabbed a base out of the box. I don't know. Jealous, aren't you? Yeah, well, it's just, it's one of those things where the people get hung up on this, and I think it was one part of the problem when the Dark Ages stuff came out was, it was, oh, this is going to replace Baltec. I hate it instantly. (laughs) And and the thing was, they threw the baby out with the bathwater. It was I don't want to know what you're doing with the universe at this point. It doesn't matter. It sucks because ClickTech sucks and Baltech fans are like that. It's just like Star Trek fans. They're their own worst enemy at the end.
0: I think the only problem. How do you? Had, how do you? Oh, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. I Okay. the only the only problem I ever had with the uh, the Mage Night or Dark Age was just specifically that. The miniatures that you could purchase, they were random. Unless you got like, like a huge box set, you they were all like randoms in a little box. Yeah. I if if it would have been, you see what's in the blister, you get that mech. That would have turned me on to it. But I've I've started picking up the the novels and the the dark ages, and it's now it's hard to find them. So yeah. yeah.
1: I I I think I know the answer to this because. I think I got a, a fairly okay read on you, but you know to your previous comment about, you know, well that was a you know, that base didn't come out till ninety-four. Do you when you're writing take into consideration the I don't want to call them fringe elements of, of the of the fan base, but there seems to be a lot of tent I mean, just as just as there is so many houses and so many different factions within Battletech that everyone can find a home, there seems to be that many tentacles and fringe elements of the fan base as well. Does that ever factor into your writing or you know direction or anything like that? Or is it strictly about the story and what's best for us moving forward? You'll either get on board
0: or you won't.
4: Yeah, I I'm in that second camp. I can't play to the fringes. I get this all the time because of the Koyan Wolverine stuff. They go, oh, well, I read one of the Jihad source books, and it said that the Wolverines were actually the word of Blake and blah, the blah, blood. blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blah, 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 blah. There's every sort of freaking Wolverine site. Every time somebody sees a funny animal scurrying on a planet, it's like, oh, it's Koyan Wolverine. <laughs> uh, well, you <laughs> saw the diorama
1: this year, didn't you?
4: Oh, I know. I love that. By the way, I took a great picture of the diorama yeah. where I had the Wolverines written on the side. Um, yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> you, know, it, I, to me, that was priceless. It, it, but it's classic stuff, you, know, and the fans will sit there and argue with me about where the Wolverine. <laughs> <are>. that's. <laughs> Preposterous.
1: Oh, like to be <laughs> Costco, so the <laughs>
4: They do this with me on uh, just about every aspect of Battletech at one point or another. Somebody wants to tell me that they're smarter about a certain thing than I am, and you sit there and kind of go, yeah, but I've got the, yeah, you guys probably can't see. Well, you can probably see right here. I oh, yeah. I've seen see, see, right see the
1: right. stack. Yeah.
4: I have like three of those on this table over here and I'm grabbing the them references. and I need them because I'm working on stuff. So, yeah, I, it's a little frustrating, especially when somebody quotes something I wrote oh. uh, <laughs> tries to use it against me. That's always entertaining. Um, Yeah, I don't play to the to the fringe stuff. I'm I, I, I don't. But there's also things, too, that are great ideas that I'd like to use, but I can't. Uh, Snards are regulars. I a bunch of fans have said, look, I think those guys are actually glad Scorpions, and I think that's a great idea. And Ray and I were talking about yeah. it. And he goes, what's your take on that? And I said, I think it's a brilliant idea. And he goes, well, how come you never say that online? I said, because if I say anything online about it, people go, <laughs> aha, that's the truth then. Yeah, and I said I'm not empowered to actually do that. Um, I
1: don't. Don't I, feed the masses.
4: Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not gonna. I can't tell them that. That's a. The, a great idea because they'll go then that's the truth and i don't know if that's the truth we haven't ever fleshed that out so ray and i ended up having a sidebar about that it
1: only fits i mean but it, it does it, you know but whatever it,
4: and ray and i both agree it's a good idea but it's like how are you going to weave that into then the broader thing of what's going on with the dragoons and the, their history and so hey, there's a lot but, of hey Hold on! No, I can weave it. You want don't to leave Don't you do I'll it? Nope, nope, I can I'll don't. weave. The heart venom
1: you just cluster. just No, I'm going to argue right now. No, the heart venom <laughs> no. cluster of no. Goliath
0: scorpions. Let him finish. they are
1: the cluster that trained the dragoons before they left Clan space. Goliath scorpions' heart venom cluster. That's Alpha Galaxy. So there is a very good possibility because they were going to the Inner Sphere. That there were, or possibly more than a couple Goliath scorpions that went along for the ride because of their love of the Star League. No, don't answer that,
4: Blaine. I can't because I don't know. Fringe. <laughs> That's what I'm saying is, fringe. It, it, yeah, it, it, again, it's a. Good, I can make it work. I can make anything work. And if that doesn't work, I'll retcon it. <laughs> yeah. we'll just on it.
1: You know, I cannot yeah. believe you just asked him about catering to the fringes, and <laughs> then you go into a fringe rant. I didn't go into a fringe rant. I made Terrible. I made it an yeah. argument yeah. for I, the Snords to be glass scorpions. It. I into, am telling it's you it's
4: a great idea, and, I, and Ray <laughs> thinks it's a good idea. Whether that actually happens or ever gets referenced, I don't know.
1: New <laughs> segment, Andrew's Fringe.
0: Every, <laughs> everybody has to remember that if there's a problem, we can find solutions. Right. Just yo, if there's
1: that. a problem, yo, I'll solve it. Kick out the beat while my DJ waltz wow. it. You just quoted ice, vanilla ice. Aren't you? <laughs> you just fucking fringed Blaine Lee Pardo. So we're, we're even. even. I didn't fringe. fringe.
5: <laughs> I didn't fringe.
1: <laughs> you fringed. You fringed. You provided
0: a, that on a T-shirt. I didn't fringe. This is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Aaron,
0: Aaron, are you in the box wine again?
1: no no no, <laughs> no. Nope. All, all,
0: right. all right
1: on
5: but, but no Moving just on. just a clarification
1: the whole character of the battle mech is totally true because i love a marauder and andrew loves a marauder too the only difference between the two of us is 25 tons well see more fat jokes <laughs> Fat joke
4: oh. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you know, let's face it. You see a war ha- a black warhammer. There's one person you think of. You see a blue. You, uh, you pee a little bit. Yeah, you see a <laughs> blue and red tinged uh, uh, archer. Archer. There's one unit. There's one person you think of when you see that battle mech. Um, yeah, it the battle mechs are a part of this, and it, it's part of the mystique of it. And I'm glad the unseens are back. Uh, we were allowed to write about them, but they couldn't appear in cover art. We were encouraged not to use them, which I violated all the time. And- oh, <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, stick it to them. Uh, well, you know, there one thing you could say about me is I don't follow the rules well.
5: No. <laughs>
1: and that isn't apparent at all. You're on this podcast. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> you should have a T-shirt that says... I'm Blaine Lee Pardoe. Don't tell me what to do. Yeah,
4: well, <laughs> I'm Blaine <laughs> Pardot, and you're not. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, I—I I heard of.
4: No,
1: it's supposed to be. Do you not know who I am? I'm kind of a—I'm kind of a big deal.
0: <laughs> no, that's
1: a—that's a direct Aaron quote, by the way.
0: <laughs> Did, uh, there was a story about someone. Uh, you were playing MechWarrior Online, and and you had. Obviously, your call sign, and somebody didn't believe you.
4: Oh, it happens all the time. It's kind of hilarious. <laughs> My grandson was with me the other night. I was playing; he was watching. And, he, and the guy was like, "You're not really blame partner When he finds out about this, he's gonna be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> My grandson's looking at me. He's nine years old, and he's looking at me like, "Is this guy a retard?" <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> a retard. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
5: I'm
4: like he just, you know, what I'm trying to, you try to explain to me. I used my actual name as a call sign because it's like hiding in plain sight. Oh, it's brilliant. It's a, absolutely and, and brilliant. Yeah, I, I, play, I play daily now. It's great. The best part about being retired is I can play every day. And I go ahead <laughs> and blow stuff up, and every two or three days now I'm getting somebody going, you're not really him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's you like are. the
4: untouchables. Who would claim to be that who is not? <laughs> right,
0: right. <laughs> And then their call sign ends up as some discarded piece of crap equipment in the Battletech novel.
5: Yeah. <laughs> no, they
1: changed their call sign as, formerly known as this, played against the real
0: Blaine
5: <laughs> Yeah.
0: <laughs> the it, prick 127 radio. On <laughs> <well, laughs> so, and this so goes Blaine, to your what's earlier win question ratio? by a
4: fan. Yeah, I, I play MechWarrior online. I play the computer games. I... I Look, I, I'm a big fan of Battletech. And if what? you're gonna do it, I'm like a fourteen year old kid. I'm sitting here as we're doing this, I'm wearing a flash t shirt mm-hmm. and a Captain America hoodie oh, yeah. for Christ's sake. So, you know, yeah, I'm a geek like everybody else. That's blasphemy, by the way. I understand. You're on the wrong
1: <laughs> side, man. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your win ratio then? Like <laughs>
4: well, it, it, do they I, find I, out I you're part o or do
1: they lay down or do they
4: <laughs> um there's a couple of guys that deliberately have taken me out before and they, they made like a big deal about it. And and I, that's part of the price you pay. So
1: You're like, Oh, you beat me at a computer game. <laughs>
4: yeah. Wow. You and your friend beat me up. Ooh. So good. I've been beat up in real life. I don't think that's good.
0: <laughs> so is there, is there anything you want to see that um, might change in the near future with like the tabletop that you'd like to see maybe Stay the same or be different.
4: I, you know, I enjoy the tabletop rules. I, I would love to see things get more simple. Um, I think there's a lot of tech out there and it's, it, it, I think it almost drives away some of the fans up front. You know, if you see all of the weapons options uh, and, you know, the hardcover books of all the stuff you can do, it's crazy. Um, you know, I, I like I like the earlier eras where things are a little more simple. It's just my personal preference. Uh, the biggest thing I think uh, it's got to happen more of, and, and we've had some discussions about. It, and I'm I and I think it's going to emerge is I want to see more mercenary units. The Dark Ages didn't give us a lot of that. We didn't have a lot of factions people bound. You know got excited about and things along those lines and I think we need to get back to getting away from factions and getting into so who are the merc units that are out there doing the dirty work here and that's going to open up a lot I think it gets people excited because you get some good ones and then you get the crazy ones and people like that it adds color to the game and I want to see more of that if you were asked me about something I would like to see more of that would be high on the list. Blaine is it
1: easier to write about a no-name mercenary unit than actually a faction, uh, unit?
4: Oh hell yes. Oh hell yes. And, and, you know, and just and I'm doing the Wolves Dragoon stuff, I thought I'd have a hemorrhage. I'm doing a novella. And <laughs> I'm like, I had to read, you know, probably seven different paperbacks, and then. Wow. A lot of source books. Well, the Dragoons are referenced all over the place. Right, yeah. That makes
0: a lot of sense where you have to stick in between all the restrictions of something that's been well established when a new one, you can just go wherever you want.
4: Yeah, new units are are super simple, um, but it's hard to make them very distinctive. You you really Mm -hmm. have to sit and spend some time and go, so what's going to make this unit stand out? But and I'm going to harken back to our last episode. It, it was odd that we found out a lot of people
1: uh, recognize themselves as a faction or a clan. And not many people clamor on to a mercenary unit. Which is odd to us because a lot of the, of the great fiction out there is mercenaries. And... You know, there was a little psychology going back, but, well, okay, this faction has this mentality. And that's what I kind of want to associate with, whereas mercenaries are free-flowing spirits and they're just, you know, I'm mean, oh, you here for the, the easy buck. I'm just wondering, is that translating from, <clears throat> from fiction going forward where the ideals and the idealism, Ideology of the factions and clans are still going to be prevalent. Where those those fans are not going to be left behind, but yet still introduce new uh, new mercenary units and and keeping the existing mercenary units going forward.
4: Yeah, I think I think there's a tightrope you have to walk there. Whenever somebody tells me to, it's like I'm a clan, you know, Snow Raven fan. I'm like, oh, so what? unit in the snow ravens well i just like the snow ravens okay well yeah i think there's a more personal bond when you get to a mercenary unit you you tend to go what regimen are you in what company you know you want you want that you want a seat at the table so to speak right
1: and and just a, I mean again i don't want to go into what we talked about last one but it was it was odd to us that so little can be written about clan mongoose or you know uh, the Torian and the Fire Mandrel. Picarda, Fire Mandrel. <laughs> but yet people like latch onto those groups. And I am Fire Mandrel or I am Torian Uh, You know, it, it, it's odd to us that so little has been written about them, but yet there's so many people that associate themselves with those, that mindset.
4: Yeah. And especially after post-war is because they don't exist. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, yeah, I get it. And that's because Baltech exists in multiple eras. And, and then it's literally like Einstein on steroids because all the eras are happening at the same time. <laughs> and it's okay. Never it, thought it of works, that. It works out really well if that's the era they want to play in. And yeah, by all means, go play in that era. You know, it's going to limit the units you go up against and you're not, you know, it limits you being a part of, let's say, something major because, that clan you know the history of the clan's already been written
5: yeah
4: sure. right, cradle to grave so we already know <laughs> you know kind of how this story ends that's
1: and where the fan fiction comes in blaine
4: don't even give me fan fiction you know my opinion on that how
0: about,
4: how about your
0: favorite character
4: my favorite character are you talking about one I've done or any character in all battle tech, whoosh! And you got to pick one. I'm gonna go with Trent because he's the most complicated. I think I Trent,
0: like I like
4: that. Trent is a you know traitor, but for all the right reasons, he's part of the smoke jaguars, which are just this horribly brutal, you know, interpretation of Nicholas Kerensky's vision you know and and he he really personified honor and did it right up to the end and he's the first claner on Terra yeah <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know.
1: that was that was an emotional scene I, I will not lie about that that was a very emotional scene
0: Thank i you. just i just reread that tonight and it, oh. it, gave, it gave me chills
4: it's awesome. yeah. I mean, you know, Trent Trent redeemed himself all the way through, and I I'm pleased to say I'll be carrying some of that arc forward. I hope. Uh, awesome. You know, awesome. I, there's more more to come. Good. So I, you know, I there's a lot more to you know to me. I found that to be an interesting character. I like Paul Moon too because Paul Moon went from being a complete dick to this character that you end up really loving. You're like, wow, that's a he's like the best and
0: he's like up... a young, he's like a young kid that starts to develop adulthood and then finally becomes respectful. Right. My, for, I don't, for me, I don't think you, Oh, go ahead. For, for me, for me,
1: Paul moon was, uh, you know, he was such, he was a crusader clanner, right. That he, he fully believed in, in the mission that they had, And then to see the transformation that he had to go through to have the Fidelis be successful. And I mean, that (laughs) there was a lot of growth and a lot of change in that character, that book to get to that point. And Trent was a big part of that. You know, he started off with this, this hate of, well, you, you know, you completely went against everything that we stand for. And then, there was this transformation as he got to understand more of who and what Trent was. And, and I I think he finally came to terms with, I understand why and what happened in his situation. And I think he carried that forward with the Fidelis and and, and the creation of, of of that faction while keeping to the roots of of where they came, their clan roots, if you will. It you was see, you was see very
0: interesting. It was a very interesting change. You see that action of it being almost like the shape of a U on a on a timeline of the smoke jaguars and him coming back in the dropship to rally the troops as they take on Huntress, and as they finally get destroyed, and then they have to be taken on by the uh, or picked up by the. Uh, The Star League, and then you see them hit hot rock bottom. You know, the falling action and then the rising back up of them going back and finding and taking Trent back to Terra. So you have this huge evolution and the highs, lows, back highs of of the storyline. And it's just amazing how much emotion and... Change you can have in that storyline to really grab hold of that reader and put them in that position to feel the raw emotion of the story.
4: wow it, it, it and with the clans to do an emotional story is a tricky thing. It is. <laughs> we we talked about that in one of our podcasts too. That you you think of this,
0: it's all about war. They've been numb. I mean you, you talk about veteran troops where it's they're mm-hmm. used to flying bullets, explosions, but are they really Yeah. Do you see them start to self-medicate or do things that try to make them feel that try to bring out the inner the inner conflict of how they want to be changed and not be numb anymore to the the desensitization of war and then they actually want to be what they used to be before war.
4: Well, yeah, in many respects, that's where we end up with the Malvinas of of the world, is what happens in a society that it culls out the weak to the point where when it does that, what does it do to the actual survivors? And in some cases, it damages them. (laughs) Right, just like in the instance of the leftover jaguars
0: being homeless and you know, not used by the Star League, and them seeing that of what have we become, yeah. and trying to get that back of empowering them to have a goal, uh, motivation as a, a path to do something instead of squandering and doing nothing about life.
4: Yeah, I mean, I think the one of the better scenes in the book is you're dealing with the children from the Sibco that are being raised by the merchant people you know, just to protect them from the people on the streets. And it's like, holy crap, this is what happens when you invade a country and you don't have a plan for what happens when you have a victory, which we've seen with the British in Afghanistan. We've seen it with us in Afghanistan. we yeah. you know, all of these places where we go to war and we don't have a plan for how, what the hell do you do when the war is over?
0: Yeah, hearts and minds.
4: Yeah, and, and it, 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 it's a gripping piece of history and that's all you know that's part of the fun so yeah you know, i i would say trent and and then probably paul moon would follow and then beyond that archer Christopher, i love my archer character Ar- I archer a,
1: I, was, I, I would have bet that him, that archer would have been your second but
4: he he's sense. up there you know i i what I like about Archer is he's a mediocre. You know, when he's serving in the Federated Commonwealth, he's a mediocre officer. He's a major. He doesn't become his own until his sister gets killed. <laughs> yeah, and, and then it's like he, you know, you take this mediocre person, but when you put him in a different situation, and they don't—they're not mediocre anymore.
0: That's—I've seen that firsthand. Like taking garrison, national guard, and turning them into frontline deployed troops over regular frontline troops.
4: Yeah, it's, to me, I've always enjoyed that about Christopher. It was, he didn't want to get in this war and he was forced into it. And when he got forced into it, he he was on fricking relenting. (laughs) Um, So yeah, and I've had some people go, oh, you're a Confederate apologist, you know? And I'm like, no, it's okay to acknowledge good military leaders on both sides. You know, there's people that still talk about Napoleon's tactics, so it's okay, you know. Yeah. Napoleon was the bad guy. So but they did work. work. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, there's no reason not to look at that. I mean, if they worked, they worked. Uh Tommy. Are you there? <laughs> yep. I'm here. Okay. You got a all question right. for Blaine? Because we haven't heard from you all night.
2: Um I'm pretty quiet.
4: <laughs> wow. That's, our, That's
5: <laughs> our combat
1: engineer. When his when his call sign is silent, <laughs> he's not getting around. So, not my so nothing?
2: No. Nope. I for the most part, I, uh, hey. I my questions got answered already. So okay.
3: So you edit, talk, I'm, I'm not, I'm not
2: edit, big on lore. Edit so. Tommy out. <laughs> you can edit Tommy out. I'm not... I, I don't kidding. read too much, so... I wouldn't do that to you.
0: Yeah, Yeah, we gotta get you into some novels and lore a little bit. You can come borrow my books. Um. Yeah, we talked about... um.
1: Blaine, hold on. Blaine, Ooh. do you have any questions?
5: <laughs> yeah.
1: Ooh, <laughs> yeah, there we go. You know, we're... As the okay. resident professional podcaster, I mean, these guys are still scrubs. They haven't even reached twenty episodes oh, yet. But
0: you know, I thought I was going to be too
4: imposing. But let oh, me you. just let me flip it to you. What would what do you guys want to see in, in the next couple of years? What no what aliens? You, no aliens. Okay, <laughs> I think that's a safe one. <laughs> we not been only discussions about sentient chickens, but also... No, about this meat. has literally been about bothering eggs. Andrew for years.
0: And and the things that do bother Andrew, for, for instance, we're not going to tell you to just listen to all of our episodes to answer that question. We're actually going to talk to you and, and be nice about it like some other people. <laughs> <laughs> Did I just see a bus drive by? Andrew, watch oh. out, because I think no, you're no, going to no. go under it. No, no. It was... It was... Some of the some of the people who are write in and, and well, argue. we don't
1: need to incorporate the people that write into us. Yes, we do. No, we do not. So the question, the, the big thing that the big thing that I worry about as far as the storyline goes is that you know it, it's just another succession war, right? That it's just another galactic conflict. It, it's another house versus house type of thing, and while that is the universe of Battletech, that does that bring in new readers? Does that bring in new players? Does that do the storyline justice? It's a thing that I'm conflicted with because, again, I, I recognize that you know this is our sphere and this is our universe and this is what happens while we're in there. I mean, look at Afghanistan, look at Syria, look at... Palestine and Israel, they've been fighting for hundreds of years. So I mean, why would it not expand to thousands, right? Um, but does just like that stay fresh? Does it does it stay fresh or does it just become a rehash?
4: Well, I don't think people want um, peace. <laughs> <laughs> peace. Peace is boring, uh, right? Pe- oh
1: man, is- would that be such an awesome twist? Just like everything stops, I'm like hey, yeah.
4: flowers flowers. There's you No, know, we saw that with the Republic though. Yeah, you know, the Republic beat swords into plowshares and it didn't work out well. Um so yeah, I, I believe me we struggle with that how do you make it very different? So I th- I think that's something that the writers acknowledge um we've got to make this era be different than the others and I think there is going to be some Changes that will upset some of the fan base. And I think some of them are going to go, okay, well, we've never seen this happen before. Uh,
3: I I look forward uh, to
4: that. I look forward to that. Well, you you say that now. (laughs) Uh
1: Careful what you wish for. (laughs) Uh (laughs) (laughs)
4: Because I don't want to say this. I'm, I'm not speaking for the other writers, but I'm a dick.
0: Uh, <laughs> because, because you have to be, you got to draw that hard line occasionally.
4: Occasionally, yeah, I, I, I am the king of the asshats. Um,
0: Somebody's gonna have to go do KP and wash pans occasionally. Occasionally,
4: I'm the guy that shoots the people that complain about that. <laughs> <laughs> good. So you know, good. That's a good answer. I I think that's a fair thing. You know, what else? What else? Was that an answer or was that a question? We answered the question. I want to see the universe. I want to see not necessarily the same thing. I want to see something different. I I think that's fair. Change.
1: Yeah.
0: Change is good.
4: Well,
1: like he said, be careful what you wish for.
0: (laughs) It's better than having it be a dull, not changing. No, that's true. True
1: that. Yeah. What other questions do you have, Blaine?
4: That's probably about the biggest <laughs> thing do you guys want to see. You know, yeah, to anyway, me, I,
5: yeah.
4: I, I'm, I'm getting to play in the big sandbox here. So you know, I'm kind of curious what the fans
3: want. You know? Ooh. Well, I think uh, not for me personally, but there's definitely quite a few people in the Facebook group that would uh, like to see the periphery become a, a thing. Um, especially like w- looking back at the lore, they were a really big part of. The Amorous Civil War um, and how that all fell apart, um, and now it's been a few hundred years of, yeah, they're the periphery, they're out there. Well, the the
4: thing Jordan used to say is the periphery is where technology goes to die. <laughs>
5: <laughs>
4: we, we had some discussions about the periphery. That I thought were pretty. Uh, they were. There's some things we're going to try that are different very cool good i think there's there's a lot of intriguing potential out there um and, and you know there's a lot of it that's just been ignored um you know to be very blunt the periphery just it, it's kind of a weird place from a perspective they got their ass kicked you know centuries ago and never really recovered um but for the record they started it. Um I will say representative of the Star League, I may have lost control. <laughs> I may have overreacted a little. <laughs> but you
0: may have bombed as, them back into the stone age. I
4: started it. <laughs> um, you know, so I, I think the periphery's the periphery is ripe with great small stories, not big arches, but I think there's some great right. small stories out
0: there. Like pirates and bandits. One of my favorite periphery topics.
4: Ooh. I, I don't disagree. I I think there's a lot of potential. I think the clans messed it up because we plowed right through the pirate kingdoms. Right? Yeah. You know, okay, I get that. that. But, you know, there's always opportunists out there. Um, I have a
1: question for Blaine. Sure. Uh, this is gonna be slightly off topic, but um, so we got the the name for the BattleTech Quarterly magazine,
4: Shrapnel. Uh, that believe it or not, I, I was one of the people that threw that one out, <laughs> and <laughs> I, so that was a, that was my idea because I, I was like, we were talking about, I liked Mike's. Mike's was war porn quarterly. <laughs> Warporn yes.
1: <laughs> wow, that had to be when the fireball was flowing. It'll
4: sell out. Everybody will buy it.
1: <laughs> Even those who
4: don't know what they're buying.
0: It'll you know, it'll come strapped to your Natasha Kerensky bottle pillow. Bottle can, bottle.
1: can you give us like a little more in depth of what that's gonna be?
4: I. Or do you I, not have
1: anything to do with it?
4: No, I'm actually contributing stuff to it. Because um, I've been waiting for my
1: phone call from Catalyst when they want me to do an article. You
4: know? i got to tell you, it, it's, it really looks like it's going to be an interesting thing. Um, Randall asked for some stuff that, you know, it, it, I think there's just going to be some different angles to it. Um, there's some stuff that's really going to engage some of the fans.
1: Well, and that's what I, I guess what I'm asking is, is it going to be just battle tech stuff or is it going to be like community stuff? Are they going to are they going to focus on this group in this town and they're going to do an expose, an article on them?
4: I did have some actual... specifically, but I wouldn't rule out anything because um, I think
1: that would be fantastic. I mean, I'm just going to throw my two cents in there with a big dollar, $100 bill.
4: Well, that... I, I would say reach out to John Helfer's. He's the editor. Um,
1: Andrew, write that name down.
4: John Elford. <laughs> yeah, yeah, tell This my secretary. To <laughs> John, John's kind of hitting that up. Um, I, you know, for the box set, I did a continuation of the story we started for the Kickstarter, With started with uh, Rules of Engagement. And I did a, a supplemental one, and it was set on Tookie Ad, and Randall- The correct pronouncing. Said, and they said well let's not do Tukiad because this is clan invasion and i said well you're doing tokiad maps we got into a discussion let's say you're doing maps on Tukiad, so why in kickstarter so why can't i do the box set thing well no we should do it earlier in the clan invasion so we took that story and that's going to appear in the magazine and i wrote a second piece now that is earlier in the clan invasion era that picks up really at the almost the exact time with the same characters etc that we started with rules of engagement so it becomes a 3 part so you almost end up with a very short novella out of all of this so sure. there's some really cool stuff and there's some stuff that randall flowed some interesting stuff that it's not all about mechs and stuff. It's a, it's a universe building. Good. That's. I think. So I, think the the commu- was, I think the community would love that. I think yeah. So it was a
1: question, a question for you as an author. Yeah. Is. How do you feel about. The jumping around of all the eras. Right. You made a comment earlier about, you know, screw the lore and all the storyline ever. Just get a box set and start playing. And I can appreciate that, right? Yeah. But eventually, you know, the idea is is that you end up playing the game and you like it and you want to learn more about it. As a writer, you know, the HBS game came out a year ago and that kind of reset us back to 3025. And now we have the Clan Invasion box set coming out, and we've got the storyline at 3151. Um how, what's your What's your thoughts on all of the different eras all being developed and all of the things going on where there really isn't a cohesive line? If, if, well,
4: I, I will say this, you know, one of the things that came out of the discussions in Seattle that I thought was great is there is an overarching move forward with fiction. That doesn't mean there won't be small pieces that go back and cover different eras. That's fine. But you know overall we're moving forward. And eventually fans, I think, will even if you start in the 3025 area, you're gonna go, well, what's this clan box set thing? And then you're gonna go, oh, the clans are kind of cool. Where can I go with that? You know, the fans will come along. You know, and there's fans out there too that just buy everything. You know, doesn't matter, they're gonna buy it and I think you got to move forward. You know, I think it was one of the problems with the jihad. My own personal bitch about it, among others. Um, One, they killed off all these great characters and units, and they did it in sourcebook material, which pissed me off. Um, That was personal, Um, (laughs) but I happened to be right about it, so we'll just move on. The, uh, (laughs) but you know, I there wasn't. You know, we spent. What was it 11 years writing material about the jihad. Wow. You know, and it was all source book.
0: And it was funny how nobody thought like, wow we're doing a lot for just this and not not only that,
1: but the jihad source books were just horrible.
4: I I don't know if they were horrible. I I won't want to say that. I I think there's some actually great fiction kind of chucked in some
1: of them but okay I'll take that back the the the, 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 the fix there was great writing in it it was the idea of all of the bouncing around it was very hard to get a cohesive picture and I get that that was done on purpose to reflect how chaotic the jihad was it was a very different way of consuming battletech information it was just very different I didn't, I didn't I think like we
4: spent too much time there. And, and you got to bear in mind, we ended up in the Jihad because of the Dark Ages. If you look at the history of Altech, we did a hop forward. Okay. We did a, a jump forward to the Dark Ages. And it referenced the Jihad. And the click mechs and all of the stuff that came out for Dark Ages supported the Dark Age era. However, the classic Battletech fans were still in the pre-Jihad era and they were like, well, we want that gap filled. You can't just say a jihad happened. We want to know what happened, etc. So it started out in many respects very innocently, like, of course, we'll tell you what happened during the jihad. They start laying that stuff out, and unfortunately, it just became big and it became an area where we were producing product for years on a one military event. You know, you look at the First Succession War, how much material, honest to God, we we had this discussion. It's kind of funny. We spent like a year and a half, two years on First Succession War tops. Product-wise and everything else. Yeah. That's interesting. Wow. You know, and then we moved into Clan Invasion. Boom, and Clan Invasion. We were in the Clan Invasion. When you look at the actual product and stuff that came out, it was only a couple years worth of product. When you look at Jihad. It, it, we spent a lot of time there.
1: But was it was it not during the Jihad that FASA closed the doors, and then we had Fan Pro, and then we had uh, Catalyst. Didn't that all happen kind of during that time? So there was yeah,
4: there it, it really Fazza closed its doors around the time things went over to with kids for dark ages and and you know, there were, I, I don't think that was as much I think the fans think that was a bigger factor than than it really was. i I just think the problem was to get out of the dark ages, you had to map your way out of the dark ages. <laughs> and and, and as I put it when we got together in Seattle I said nobody needs to see how the sausage is made you know it's (laughs) it's an ugly damn process Uh, people just want sausage they don't want to see all the animal parts squeezed into the skin and yeah and and it it can be brutal it's it's not an easy thing to go through
0: it's like here's your book say thank you okay bye
4: (laughs) yeah And we got to do it in such a way that the fans feel like, okay, we really got some closure on this key, on the key stuff here. We know what the direction is going forward. And you get excited about the new stuff going forward. And then there's actual new stuff going forward. And uh, that that's why you map out product, you know, fiction-wise three years in advance. So I have a roadmap of stuff that I owe. I have okay. to write in the next three years. <laughs> I I have a question. Sure. Um, you're
2: saying that okay, the lore is going to uh, bring us into with um new mechs and and whatnot. Does that include new weaponry as well, or are we going to uh, stick with what we got?
4: I don't know for sure.
2: I, I would
1: love I, don't... I would love to see the weaponry get reduced down to. 3025 where there's you know 25 weapon systems and move forward with that it's hard to
4: take away uh, classes of weapons and stuff i mean it just once stuff gets introduced we and we've had discussions on this it's complicated it's i i you know whether there's new mechs i can tell you that i've i know of several mechs that are done I mean, I've got artwork for them and stuff. Whether they'll go to production or not, I don't know. That's up to Ray. And yeah, you know, they may tell me at the last minute we're going to pull that mech, throw in this one. You know, and that's okay. That happens. Um, yeah, I just drive. I take the universe out for a test drive every now. And then. I don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> how yeah. often? How often
1: does that happen when you've written a story and it goes to the editor, and the editor will come back and say, "Well." Or do they ever come back and say, well, this mech doesn't fit for this battle, or you know, this character doesn't feel right. The name for this character doesn't fit. Does that happen often at, at all?
4: Not or games, but I there have been times Brent and I have gone back and forth and he go, they wouldn't deploy this mech in this situation, and here's why. And and I'm you can bear in mind, yeah, you know, it doesn't as long as it makes the story work, you know, I don't want to put stuff out there. that's deliberately going to drive the fans batshit crazy with the exception of anything to do with clan Wolverine. Um, (laughs) You got to have your playground, right? (laughs) You know, but you know, I don't like trying to give, it's not my goal to give them angst and Najina. I, I want the fans to kind of read it and go, Oh, I totally agree with how they're handling this particular situation. Um, that doesn't mean that there won't be some surprises. I think with the one book that I'm working on right now, which has already been drafted and and I'm doing a lot of changes to a lot of changes to it. Um, it's there's parts of this when you reach the end that you're going to flip back and reread. <laughs> Good. <laughs> oh wait, there were clues dropped here. I'm almost positive and now I need to go back and find those clues. Um, So, and that's part of the fun of it too, is we get the things up. So the fans are kind of drawn back into it.
0: Now, You've talked about um, that.
4: You're going to start celebrating from now on.
0: What do you think you're going to do to celebrate when you finish a novel?
4: I, you know, I'm not really sure yet. I'm going to do a lot more uh, engagement with the fan base. I I think that's one of the things over the years as a writer, I I dodged it because it was irritating at times. Fans can drive you nuts. But I found in the last two years, I've engaged with the fans pretty heavily. And for the most part, I found them to be pretty good. There's still some trolls out there. um, But, yeah, I'm a troll too, so... (laughs) <laughs> if somebody drops something and and they mention my name. I'm going to respond. I, I, I'm a jerk that way, um, it, you know. And it's it's kind of fun, and I think the fans enjoy it. And I haven't had time to do that a lot with fans, but I I think what I'm going to want to do, like when a book releases, I'm I may do a, like an online launch party where we do some a live event on Facebook and people can. Come in and say okay I just finished it I got a question that's pretty cool and I think that would be kind of fun to do and I want the fans to have a part in it you know and they can go oh I really hated when you did this (laughs) (laughs) sometimes I do stuff so that you guys get pissed too so you know but there's like I said there's a couple parts there's so much in the in the material we have coming up where you're going to read it and go oh my god yeah, and 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 you guys especially with the dragoon stuff, I think you're going to kind of pause and go, "Crap, this changes everything." I don't know if I can read the next page, and then you'll read the next page. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like th- this is this is going someplace we hadn't anticipated, and that's part of what makes BattleTech work is the fans expect certain things, and Mike had a great line I, I, at the summit; uh, it was great. He goes. We have to give the fans exactly what they want, and then we have to take it away from them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's like he so goes, they "What they want," and then we rip their hearts out in the process. <laughs> and he said, "Sometimes they don't even know that they want it. We're going to make them want to want, it. <laughs> then we'll take it from them." Yeah, you know, and it, it's you you go through a process like that, and it's good.
0: That's a good marketing strategy too. <laughs> yeah.
4: We we'll get you whipped up into it, and then you're going to go. What? Well, what? What the hell did you just do? you! <laughs> uh, believe me, there's there's going to be some damn you moments too. You you think the throwdown with Takashi was big? I, I got news for you. <laughs> well,
1: just get ready, because you know. I'll voice my cons- uh, You know, I'll voice to you. Oh, I'm- sure you, playing Sure, you will.
4: And that's when I'll kill your character. <laughs> oh, yes, starting with the testicles. <laughs> yes,
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna die by getting stepped on.
4: <laughs> oh,
3: it's not gonna be that quick. Oh, <laughs> stepped on by an annihilator,
4: machine gun round of the balls, baby. Oh, phosphor, oh, balls white phosphor shrimp. Oh, those tracers are hell. Oh, no. to burn out. why would I not be in my mag? Lisa, Lisa oh you will were cauterized the moves <laughs> <had> <laughs> tactics are easily breached we've seen that it just takes the right rolls
5: <laughs> oh yes <laughs> you i, you,
1: I you have what? that i have that record sheet hanging you on work? my wall
0: by the way <laughs> do you want to have Blaine tell that story (laughs) no we've told
1: that story (laughs) we've told it a couple of times we have enough listeners now that they have heard that story okay and if we don't you can go back and fill out that 11 downloads I need for that last thousand (laughs) download episode
0: anybody else have any other questions we'll start wrapping up
1: no Blaine where's the next place somebody can catch you at
4: um. Let's see. Thursday of this week, I'm on two news shows for a true crime book that I just had released with my daughter. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're we're doing uh, some local shows here in the Washington D.C. area on a serial killing case we just wrote about. Is that the yeah. uh, Amazon bestseller book that, that you guys? Are yeah.
5: yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, congratulations on that. that.
4: That's that's fantastic.
1: I am know. super jealous about because I love everything crime like
4: stuff. like am pick this one up. It's interesting.
1: I'm an addict about it. I, I've, I've got it on my Amazon list. So I just got to press the button.
4: It, it's it's a lot of fun. So we're doing that uh, Thursday. We're actually going down and filming in an insane asylum and doing a studio Ooh. thing. And then uh, other than that, I'm waiting for some feedback on some outlines I've submitted for rewriting. And once I get that feedback, I'll have my head down probably for the next five or six months doing Battletech stuff. So will Andrew be
1: able to see what packs?
4: I don't go to packs. Ah. Right now I go to Gen Con, but I'm toying with going to Origins and Gen Con this year. Uh,
2: Retirement kind of helps
4: with that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've always wanted to go to Origins, but we go fishing in Canada that week. Every year. So it just doesn't ever work out. You going to make it this year? Yeah. Okay, well, we'll see. I mean, we've got to figure out whether Dad is upright or not. We got backup plans, by the way. Oh, we do. Okay. Yeah, doing... I,
4: I'm. I'm caught between my true crime and and this stuff. Yeah. But what's the uh, What's the
1: name What's the name of your latest true crime book? Tantamount. I that.
4: Say Tantamount. it again. Tantamount. It's the uh, Tantamount. pursuit of the uh, freeway phantom serial killer. a lot of fun now you're also picking up metal detector every
0: now and then aren't you too picking up what picking up the metal detector occasionally too
4: oh absolutely yeah i'm going out i hope friday to do some uh i've got permission at a skirmish site from the civil war and i go dig up bullets and artillery what is the coolest thing you've ever done up um, I have an ID disc from a soldier, uh, which is the equivalent of their dog tags, and they actually used to put the battles I fought on it. I found that. And I've got two live artillery shells I've dug.
0: Whoa! Are they deactivated? They are now, yes. <laughs> oh, come on. Yeah. fun in that? Come
1: on. <laughs> also, wait, wait, where'd you go? How, how are you supposed to read the reaction
4: when you bring people over? Like, oh,
1: no, those are those – are-
4: those are live. live. <laughs> You're like, oh I was a freaking can... idiot. One was in a river and the river dried up for we had a drought that summer and I thought it was some sort of iron piling. And it was a parrot round. And I'm sitting here beating the crap out of it with a shovel. Yeah,
0: yeah. Hit it harder. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm
4: down there with my son and we I pulled it out and I was like, oh crap whoops (laughs) I've dug a live artillery shell and I've been beating on it for an hour
0: everybody get back
4: (laughs) (laughs) well that black powder it stays active yeah it never goes dead so uh, but there's guys in the relic community that you can send it to who drill them and flush them
0: and that's, that's a lot of fun stuff. I, Tommy, I've done some painting and I've done some metal detecting around. That's a lot of fun.
4: It's a lot of fun. And and I live in civil war country, so
0: lucky. Yeah. So that's it for me. Anybody got any shout outs?
1: Well, as always, it always starts with a guest.
0: Blaine, you got any shout outs? Anybody you want to throw something to?
4: No, I'm good. Most of my fans are on this call. <laughs> Both people... Whoa. Whoa. Whoa.
1: I think it's a little bit bigger than that.
4: Fast yeah. shout-out ever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hell yeah, this is worthy your only five fans. Mark it in the books, ladies and gentlemen. You all suck balls. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: Okay, that took a turn. It wasn't intended, but okay.
1: <laughs> Wait, before we shout out, okay, I I do have to ask: Are we really infamous
0: <laughs> or <laughs> infamous? Infamous? <laughs> I just I start. I read the blog and I just started
1: laughing. My old man in the next room had to go. What's going on? And I was like. The i don't brothers. know <laughs> and it's the infamous kroll sisters that's usually the <laughs> that's usually what the northwest iowa framing is in that in that context but um that was awesome no i i enjoyed the shout out that was cool um <laughs> the infamous kroll brothers <laughs> Oh, that was cute. I liked it. Just like your cute Max. <laughs>
5: <laughs> You're so sweet. Um, uh,
0: we had a shout out from a fan that said, uh, William Frank, he mentioned us saying averaging an episode a month is better than most podcasts and WNRP is still the best tabletop Battletech podcast out there. So, Thanks for the Wow, he lumped Ball us into tab. all tabletop. Maybe you heard it, tabletop Battletech.
1: I mean, okay, I was gonna say because I kind of take offense to that because I also have an X-wing tabletop podcast, which I mean, like, sucks. I mean, it sucks, but well, I mean, if you're conscious, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> holy, holy
2: shit, that's the best. That's the best line. <laughs> I'm putting that on the Facebook page. <laughs> Which one?
1: Wow, if you're
5: conscious.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, OCX. I'm putting on an OCX, obviously. Well, I would like to be the first one to say thank you, Blaine. Um, I hope things went okay. You were our first guest on the show, and um, I hope uh, that, first I hope famous I hope, guest. First famous guest. I'm sorry. Uh, let's not let's not degrade guest. our other guests we've had. That on the is show. true. That is true. I apologize to, to, to those. <laughs> but uh, thank you for taking the time with us and um, you know going through the battering of questions. It's oh, been I, I love
4: you! A guys. lot of I, fun I, you guys do is great, and I loved uh, coming over to the table and watching the Alpha Strike stuff um, <laughs> at Gen Con that you guys were running. I thought that was great to watch. It's fun. You guys are good fans, and I'm happy to come on anytime you want me to.
1: Oh, great! Well, we'll take you up on that. We'll do it again sometime soon. We're gonna have How to work it? on your dragoons' uniform, though.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Khakis and Apollo doesn't quite pass it for the dragoons. You got red on. <laughs> emerald,
2: green hat. <laughs> emerald
4: green hat. Oh no,
1: Tommy. <laughs>
4: oh. He's a pigeon. You know that you got to give the the Jade Falcon some love. Um,
0: trust no, we me. don't. No, and we I, don't. Uh, <laughs>
4: again,
0: well, you don't have to. They've already got pride. <laughs> nope, I'm out. I'm out oh, after that one. I'm out wow. after that one. Oh, come on. That was good. That was gold right there. Oh, God. God, that, was, that was pretty good, buddy. Ouch. Not that I meant it as an insult, just
4: <laughs> was a pun. it was a bad pun. And... Why?
0: <laughs> Damn
1: that is real. Oh, if I had it if I had a I'm sorry, I'm a, going a
4: little horse. I
0: had a
1: soundboard on here, i that would have been a bedumph.
2: Oh, uh, uh Tommy, got any shout-outs? No, I've been super busy with family, so uh, if any of my kids are listening, which they're probably not. Well, maybe in like 10, 15 years. Maybe. I'll uh, shout out to those, (laughs) to the Triple D and Z. (laughs) Triple D. Triple D and Z. Derek, Derek, DeAndre, and Zeta.
1: Oh my God, man. You went full-blown kids, didn't you?
2: Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. You just went
1: three. there.
2: To... <laughs> Give me six more months, and I'll have at <laughs> least another one. So there'll be three of no. adop- to be adapted in one He's process. Raising his own company.
1: When are you? Yeah, raising
2: his <laughs> own company.
4: <laughs> he's got a lance. He's got he's his, got his up own Simco going on. <laughs> <laughs> his wife got an iron womb cranking in the back. Oh there. my
1: God! They're all gonna be wearing Emerald pigeon jerseys here one of these days. Oh, it's
0: gonna be tough. All right,
1: Um, I'll shout out to the Triple D and Z because that name is fantastic
3: you're welcome (laughs) let's get in yeah um i just want to say thanks to uh miles dwarbit and phoenix over there on the uh discord for helping me out with my computer issues that have been bothering me for months thanks guys i appreciate it nice
1: i'm gonna shout out our whole discord channel guys i know i have not been on in a while (laughs) i told you this was gonna happen i'm gonna go in like a little little five minute thing here Five um, minutes. No, it's literally it will not. I'm gonna time it right now. Timing it, guys. Uh, my life has been turned upside down, filleted and spread out on a on a bench. I bought two movie theaters. I sold six acres of land. I have been uh, fully immersed in everything business. Uh, this is across the board. My life has been just chaotic as, as all get out. Um, and I apologize for that, especially to the regiment guys, Wolfnet for life. Um, I have not abandoned you. I just have, I mean, I get home and I stare at a television that's not even on like, And my wife asked me what's going on. I'm like, I just I I don't know what's going on, but uh I haven't abandoned you. Uh everything's still set in place. We've had a few new recruits that I haven't gotten out of the roster yet. Um, but give me like three more weeks, and then we're gonna be kicking it into high gear, baby. More missions, uh it's 3146 here in a couple of weeks, so that means a whole slew of new scenarios. And uh, our mission has not deviated. We got uh, three more black boxes we got to locate. Um, big shout out to Alpha Company. Uh, you guys uh, extracted the, uh, the the personnel. Although <laughs> another big shout out to Drew because the way you wrote that was absolutely fantastic. Whole. <laughs> The dude was not happy. <laughs> Let's just say that, the way he was extracted. But he got out. And uh, I want to big a give big shout out to Drew because that story was fantastic. If you guys are on the WolfNet uh, Facebook page, go read that story. It is awesome. Um, everyone in the regiment, thank you for being there and sticking with us. Discord channel. I've uh especially the 350 playtesters. Uh thank you very much. Um you guys have given us a lot of really good info. Um, and it's the, the new the new rule book will be published uh in probably a week or two with all of the updated uh questions and stuff that we've been asked or that have been uh, asked towards me. Uh everyone on our Facebook page, all of our listeners, uh like I said, we have jumped to an average of 500 to an average of around 890 we're like 10 and shy of an average of 900 listeners guys uh that's awesome that's that's mind-boggling first of all but um i want to thank all of my co-hosts my host i want to thank blaine uh you might crush our record hopefully if you don't you're never allowed back
2: all right, <laughs> so said, Fuck you. I don't care if I
1: can't pedal Blaine Lee Pardo out there and get a thousand downloads, then what do we do? <laughs> I
4: gotta tell you, those kinds of threats I can cope with. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, too think... much
1: to drink, and he's he's talking out of his ass right now. I, I already <laughs> went
4: through my purified water,
1: I, I stopped. I uh, I've, I've come to learn when podcasting, I know when I need to stop.
4: Purified Um, water is what we refer to as moonshine here in
1: the nothing like like tap water or a one dollar bottle. Uh but Blaine, I want to thank you very much for coming on. It's always it's always awesome seeing you at the conventions. Um you're just super approachable and always always fun. Um, I know Andrew and I and, and Matt and Tommy always enjoy seeing you at Gen Con. So
4: thank you for being on the show. It's a highlight,
1: highlight of the convention for me. Mm-hmm. One of the highlights. So. Oh,
4: I look forward to it. It's always fun. Well, it's
1: always a good time. Particularly not the part where you steal Andrew away from a highly uh, <laughs> needed 350 playtesting session, and then he sits there and giggles in the corner like a little schoolboy because you gave him two sheets of paper. I didn't uh, tell anybody about it. I just said I got to read something. (laughs) He just said he got to read something, and like the smile never erased off his face the entire Gen Con. So,
4: well, I brought joy to one person. (laughs) (laughs) I guess it was worth all the time and effort.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It is is the highlight of my Gen Con, though, is like (laughs) everyone goes. Is that Blaine Lee Pardo? I'm like, nope, nope, that's Frank. <laughs> 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 He's not the real one because he looks one. like Blaine Lee Pardo. I'm like, no, that's Frank. I, he gets that a lot, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: I always have a good time. I I like it. I like it when the fans approach me, uh, you know, and and you know they have questions, and I love I, uh, if I can answer them, I will. I, I've had to evade a lot of stuff with you guys and get close to it as I could but I can't tell you the specifics obviously cuz I want to ruin it for
1: everybody but that's and that's, and that's okay. I want to. and I appreciate that cuz I don't I want to be surprised
4: yeah <laughs> I, oh, anyway. I I would say next year just strap in it's going to be a bumpy ride
5: <laughs>
4: a lot of fun either. Battletech fans out there this is it has never been this good
1: you're the Battletech baby Yeah. I'm excited. Andrew, do you have any other shout-outs? Uh nope. I just wanted to say thank you to Blaine and and thank you for you know the time that we've spent at the convention and and just the back and forth. Um I I do I I told all the guys before this before we got all started. I said, now guys pay attention, the questions that you ask. Blaine likes to be really clever in his answers in that he might <laughs> give you was- a little bit of something, but you got to pay attention. So I I enjoy that a lot, and it always adds, you know, to the, to the mystique, and it gets that whole, you know, juices flowing. Oh, my God, what does he mean by that? Which way are we going to go? Um It's always <laughs> a lot of fun. So thank <laughs> you 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 mentioned that he likes to be so that's where i came up with the idea to try to incorporate all of his titles into that announcement that we're recording tonight (laughs) (laughs) it was funny reading the comments it's like huh what's going on? It's like, that's a lot of Blaine Pardo references.
4: (laughs) I've heard a lot of... uh,
1: Are you guys talking about betrayal of ideas? And I'm like... "Mm -hmm." Oh, here
4: we go. They always go to the Wolverine. Right (laughs) to the goddamn Wolverine. (laughs) (laughs) Go to the bathroom. Why do you go to the bathroom? Is that something to do with Wolverine? No, I've just got to go to the bathroom. (laughs) Uh,
1: And when I reread it, I'm like, man, that whole paragraph makes no sense at all. But <laughs> I think they I think they finally caught on that uh, Maybe what's what's going to be going on I don't I, I, I still think they don't Know that we had you on tonight I think They just think we're talking about one of your books So
4: oh okay
1: I think it, it might be a very very Fun surprise so
4: <laughs> We'll see <laughs> Well yeah we'll we it's always, better see <laughs> It's always fun because there's Always that one guy it's like I you know I hate All this shit you know
0: I think I think tonight I've heard at least four or five times where we've mentioned the circle of equals, so I think that would be a good title for tonight's episode.
1: <laughs> oh, no, it's just Blaine Lee Pardo. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, there's no circle of equals going on here. We had, we had the Blaine Lee Pardo with us. So. I'm, I'm not going to mislead anyone on the title of this episode. <laughs> He's going to hit everybody in the face with a hammer. <laughs> I all caps, it. no no holds barred. Oh. All right, Andrew, you got some uh, websites for us. Uh, so Wolf Radio podcast. We have a, a Facebook page. Um, by all means, click on it, join. I th- I think we still play the game of who can approve the fastest. Um, <laughs> we have been an email slow lately. It has been slow. Um, with email address wnrp at wolfstargoons um, I, I haven't checked it in a little while, so if there's an email there, I apologize. I, I will get to it shortly. I know it's an outmoded means of communication now, but um, it allows us to, you know, have another avenue of connecting with our fans. So, um, again, thank you to all our fans, uh, members of the of the group. Um, hopefully Aaron can get his shit together and get this regiment moving again. Yeah, baby. So, uh, appreciate baby. all the listeners. Appreciate all the all the fans uh, reaching out to us and, and bringing us new fans. Um, we're we're going to just keep doing what we do and, and promote the game of Battletech. So,
0: Thanks a lot, everybody, for tuning in tonight. Uh, thank you again, Blaine, for uh, giving this opportunity to us. And uh, we hope to talk to you again for maybe some updates. I look and- forward to it. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, have a pleasant night and a great tomorrow. And we're out. Oh,
5: (laughs) thank you, Blaine. Later. All right. Thank you. Bye.